cool. I'll just move this over Where here. Where to move it to? There. But what? But why? But I. What? Why did you? Mm. Mm. Hi everyone, this is Nikki Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm never ready for this. You're never ready. I am always... never ready for when for this to start. I startled you again? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I do like to start unexpectedly. Well, you also like uh you're a lot like Snoopy when he pretends to be a vulture. Mm. You you're above me, uh from a tree <laughs> and just true. with like your face hanging down. That's right. Yeah. So I I'm not pretending to be a vulture, I am a vulture. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Are you a culture vulture? <laughs> I'm culture vulture and a There's no other rhymes for vulture? No. Nope. Done. Uh, yeah, but what is a but what is, now? Is, can't you use? Is, can you say you're a culture maven? Is that a, is that a thing, or am I just making that up? Well, now you're a culture raven. Then you wouldn't be a vulture. A, ra- a raven maven. Yeah, a maven. A uh, raven maven. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're a maven about ravens. Yeah, that's so maven. <laughs> like in that series. Hi, folks. When you get to three hundred sixty-five, it's it's hard sledding. Yeah. It's hard enough. Yeah, we've got a year's worth of uh, shows if we just do one a day. Mm-hmm. You just run it straight through and really ruin your year. Three hundred sixty-five. The episode that is not divisible by three. Is that correct? Yes. Well, it is, but you got to throw in some. If it, well, yes, not you got to throw some decimals. Not evenly and ruin it and ruin it. <laughs> not evenly. Yeah. Get a goddamn do you know, fraction. In do you know there. how you can tell if a number is uh, divisible by three? Ask it politely. If it adds up to a number that is divisible by three. Uh, okay, ex- explain. So, for instance, 365 would be 14, which is not divisible by 3. So 300 is 3 plus 0 plus 0 is 3, so that's divisible by 3. So 300 is divisible by 3. Yeah, or 363, which would equal 12. So then that would be divisible by 3. That is a good tip. It's a good tip, everyone. Take that to the bank and cash it. <laughs> cash that thing. I am steamed, by the way. I really? Am as steamed as a clam, as steamed as a pismo clam. Okay. Why don't you hit me with uh, what's uh, what's grinding? I just your mean gears? I'm hot. I'm up to mean I'm hot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm warm because we were just moving. So That's <laughs> true. I have stripped down to my skivvies. Wait a second. Let's just make sure people don't think that we're rerunning an episode. That's true. <laughs> no, you haven't lost a month. Uh, what happened today was uh, was moving out of the office, Hell Kitty Studios yes. proper. Uh, we've done a couple of shows here so far, uh, but uh, we have still got stuff at the office. And again, it's that situation where you've we've done two uh, truckloads of moving stuff, yep. and uh, infinity stuff remains. It feels like mathematically, it's just... it doesn't matter how much you remove; yeah. more will be there. Well, when you go back, the problem was for us in that sense is that there was two shelves still standing mm-hmm. that were holding items. Those shelves are now gone, and all the items are now spread across the floor. So it appears to be like there's more. That's true. When actually there was the exact, that amount, but it was it was standing upright against a wall. Now there are items that I have not wanted to bring home with me that I have hid around the building. Really? A little bit. I saw. I did see a yoga ball. <laughs> yeah, perched upon a, a pile of of uh, printers. Sure. Those aren't really well hidden, by the way. They're invisible. No, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> that's like in a donation area, so that's, that's oh, is okay. Oh, that, is that what right? so, Well, there's other things, like there might be like a, like a, a, a Kiss-themed uh, um, a PlayStation guitar. Okay. And that uh, that is uh, hidden. Oh, nice. Yeah, I found I found random uh, shelves and stuff, and uh, yeah. you know, the, yeah. uh, there's delightful surprises for people That's in the building. Cool. Is there something in the in the men's bathroom? No, I have not put anything in the men's oh, okay. bathroom. What did what? Oh, wait, yes, there is a there is a vase. Oh, nice. Yes, That's good. Uh, so you didn't learn that in your Speak American class? <laughs> oh, 
Vase is what they say. Yeah, yeah. What's it's, better though, vase? Like, listen. I think vase sounds more classy. It sounds more be. classy, and you're yeah. going to put classy shit in there, so mm-hmm. don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> you certainly class. Yeah, that up. class it up. <laughs> class it up, stupid. That's what I say. It's in my book. Class it up, stupid. <laughs> it's a quite a book. Because um, you say semi. Okay. Which I say semi, which is the Canadian way of saying it. What I'm saying is, I am more Canadian than you. Although my passport would say that's a lie. It's the same thing at work. I insist on calling braces that are called Z braces. I call them Z braces. Many of the people there call them Z braces. Yeah, and and most people in Canada call them suspenders. <laughs> these are these are components of a door. I don't know if the doors were suspenders. They might. I don't say they don't. But how else would they keep their pants up? It's just funny because I'm the one who insists on the the Z. And yet, I'm not. I'm not the Canadian in the group, not by a long shot. No, and you're drinking the most American thing possible, Coca-Cola. Is that the most American thing possible to put in your mouth? Yes. Huh. I get. <laughs> what? What's a more American thing to put in your mouth than Coca-Cola? Another uh, American? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think more people put Coca-Cola in their mouths than other Americans. To it's, be frank, it's a pretty popular drink. But yeah. I would disagree with you. <laughs> About what? About your. Your guess over over what's more popular, other Americans in Americans' mouths? Okay. Or yeah, what's something? What else uh, would you say is the most popular thing for an American to put in their mouth? Like a drink wise, or just all around? Mm-hmm. Like as Ameri- all American hot dogs. You're, you're an American. You tell me. Oh. Yeah, like you you have more cokes than you have hot dogs. If you were like if you were going through hot dogs like you go through cokes, we'd have an issue. You don't know me. I don't. I, I do like hot dogs. I, I do understand. Sometimes we do go to a hot dog place after the show now, and uh, Dave orders hot dogs, and the person goes, okay. And then it's like, no, no, other people have to order at the table as well. <laughs> I, I do like hot dogs. Yes. But I must say, the, their hot dogs are quite uh, quite a chore. Like, they're quite big. It's not a chore oh, okay. to eat. It's not a chore to eat, but I just mean there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of hot dog there. So if you confidently order... Even like just a plain hot dog where you just add a few things to it. Sure. I don't mean like getting their Chicago dog or whatever. Right. I just mean like... Which a, there is called the Wrigley Field dog. The Wrigley Field dog, yes. That's right. Because mm-hmm. it, it tastes exactly like the Wrigley Field. Yeah, there's the Space Needle dog as well, which is the Seattle dog, which involves some Philly cream cheese, which yeah. really really pads what? it up, what which really that? takes it to a point where like, first, it's a good taste, but it's too much. And then by the end of it, you're like, that was too much hot dog. <laughs> you feel you can have two hot dogs, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you got to plan, got to plan it out. Well, I had three the last time we were there. Yes, you did. What were your three hot dogs? The Wrigley Field. Okay. The Space Needle. Which oh yeah both of those okay. yeah and then I had uh, just a plain hot dog but not a plain hot dog but just like the the one you fix it yourself by suggesting what they should put on it and your choice was go fuck yourself <laughs> which is <laughs> which is my way of saying relish uh-huh. mustard and onions right the wait- waitress didn't seem to get it at all she, she seemed must- quite offended she's probably not American she's <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so that's what I got mustard relish and onions but. I didn't really like the Seattle one very much. And the reason I didn't like it a whole lot is because it had Dijon, Dijon mustard on it, which I'm mm. not, not the world's biggest fan of. I'm more of, I'm more of a prepared mustard connoisseur. I, uh, such a thing could be described. P as. and I went to Dijon last year and, uh, we got mm-hmm. the mustard run around from folks. So, you, got the you mustard, know, you're, you're, we did. You're against it? Well, we went to a fancy mustard store mm-hmm. and then afterwards we were told, you know, we get the mustard seeds, um, from British Columbia. And I was really? like, Oh, fuck off. But there was another place, because this was like, what's the, what's the, what's the Dijon mustard that everyone knows? Like, uh, begins with an M. 
I forget what it is. But May, May, uh, I think so. M-A-I-L-A-E. Yeah, yeah. So those guys, yeah. they get that. But then the other mustard store, they had local mustard. They had locally sourced. But, but yeah. we filled up on this mustard. We're like, we're not going to double down on like tons mm-hmm. more mustard. Yeah. We're done. Um, though the weird thing was when you're there, they have mustard tasting stations. You think like that wouldn't be good. They're actually quite good. They give you little uh, pretzel sticks. Oh, like, that'd be, oh, good. That'd be very, very nice. Yeah. Like I say, I'm not the biggest fan of... Oh, I understand you wouldn't, but you yeah. would probably find something to fall and, in love and, with there. And theirs is the... And really... you would love France, of course. Oh, France. I do love France. Oh, France, Dave. <laughs> I do love France. I know. So. It's one of my favorite places to visit. It's amazing. Well, it's just so... French. It's Well, it's French, I it's guess. It's got the joie de French. It's the joie de France. It's... It's... Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just really nice there. I think... You know, it's... It's, um, it's different than England... Obviously, the language. The language is so different. Like it's not like because England I like so much because it's the same only different. Yeah, it has a lot of things that were familiar elements. You've to been it. prepped to enjoy England yeah. all your life in yeah. small ways. Yeah, and then you get there and you're like, I really like, I could live here. Do you know what it feels like when you go to England? At least for me. And mm-hmm. again, I had British grandparents. Yeah, but it feels like you go there and it's like, oh, this is where Grandma lives. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's got like it's got all mm. the cookies that I remember. It's got <laughs> what's that? So much tea. You're all just all over the tea. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you have no idea how to make a pizza. Oh, you're so like Grandma. <laughs> it has. They do not know how to make a pizza. You think that they would have figured that out, especially living so close to Italy. But they yeah. do not. Yeah, even if you go to like a chain, like uh, like a Pizza Hut there. Yeah, it's not. Oh no 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 nah, no 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 strange. Or Pizza Patio. They have a Pizza Patio there. And you're like, oh, I don't know. A, pizza Patio is what is that? It's, it's 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 a chain. Okay. See those in many places like a, like a train station or whatever. And you're like, oh, they'll know what. In the, only in England though. In England, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they'll know what they're doing. No, hmm. they don't. They have no idea. Because when I was there, the popular one that you'd find all over was Pizza Express. Mm-hmm. That was a commonly common one. And once again, it's okay. But it's nothing. It's not even like I may be confusing Pizza Patio with Pizza Express. My my mistake. Oh, this may be a mistake of mine. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna look up the logo right now and see if I'm uh, eating a bunch of crow. <laughs> okay, you eat, eat away. Okay. Uh, yeah, we went. But I mean, the thing about pizza in England is that you know when you're traveling, you look for like the easiest thing to eat. And I don't know. I just find I know that there's like gastro pubs and things there, but I'm not really a gastro person. Doesn't I, that I'm feel like simple... you're eventually gonna end up eating a snail? Because they're going to get a gastropod, right? And then they're going to go, what do you think? It was a gastropod. What were you thinking? <laughs> what did you expect? So, yeah, I tend to be the one who's who kind of says, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know what's around the corner? Pizza Express. Yeah. By the way, I was wrong. It is Pizza Express I'm talking mm, about. Yeah. Okay. I got like the four cheese pizza, which they divide it into four, uh, four and they put a different cheese on each uh, oh. thing. It's quite <laughs> nice, actually. So, I guess it's nice, but... It's pretty good. Did, yeah. Was it Stilton? Yeah, one of them. Wensleydale. One of them, Stilton. Yeah, they're not all blue cheeses. Uh, but uh, the crust was ridiculously soggy. And uh, come on, smarten up. You're a pizza place. Mm. How hard is this? Watch an episode of Jamie Oliver. He'll tell you. <laughs> Just put it in your damn oven. You got an oven? How'd you fuck this up, yeah, England? I all mean, the time. It also it just depends on restaurant to restaurant as well. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Because I've had good Pizza Express, but I've also had so-so Pizza Express. All right. Very good. And I've heard people, you know, someone, I was talking to someone and they're complaining about the fish and chips there and saying how terrible it was. And and then I was I was grilling them because I said, well, I've actually had really good oh, fish and chips Oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't grill them. That's the problem. If, you they're, if you're getting grilled fish and chips, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, that is a problem. The batter is just going to like go right through the I grill. Meant, I meant I was grilling this person. Oh, the person. A statement, yeah. Oh, okay. I sat him in a hard wooden chair and put a light in his face. And I was just saying, well, when, where did you have fish and chips? Like, when? 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 And I was hitting him with a truncheon with a, uh, you know, with a 
phone book in between, so I wasn't leaving bruises. Well, you should use the Brit- British term for that, which is tallywhacker. Tallywhacker, yeah. I was hitting with my tallywhacker. <laughs> and then... Uh, he, well, he said, so you're I, saying you were beating him off with your tallywhacker? I was beating him off with my tallywhacker, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's, he's saying that the fish and chip shop that he... You're enjoying your own joke so much. I am, very much. Uh, I'm just glad not to be moving right now. <laughs> yes. You know how normally sometimes I'm trying to wrap it up at the end? I'm going to be guy going, no, but Dave, tell me, what was your favorite grade and why? Could you list your, all your teachers? Tell me a little something about all of them. <laughs> My favorite grade. Well, what did make the Beatles special? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can tell you about that. Um, but no, he's, and then he admitted that he ate at one fish and chips place that was outside of a football stadium there. And I was like, well... Well, shame, they on, there? shame on thee. Are they called a football park? Outside of a football park. Uh, it's called a football lorry. Outside of a football lorry. Outside of a football lift. Yes. There is the, yep. there is this fish and chip shop. And, uh, he sat on the settee. He sat on the, sat on the settee uh, eating his fish and chips and a spider came down. Wait, what? And so, <laughs> yeah, I just felt like, well, that's not a really like a, a broad, a general thing. I was watching a, a British fellow who who had... His thing was to go around and eat at fish and chips places. Oh, okay. And he, the one that he liked the best was in the Shetlands. And I said, "Oh, how sad that I was there. I never ate at that restaurant." Mm. I went to I went for Chinese one night. Very expensive Chinese food. Let me just tell you. Oh, okay. Very expensive. Well, the like, food the food came on the same plane. Like you did. make you go outside and stand outside in the in the cold air for a while. <laughs> it was really costly. Whew. Just because, you know, you're eating Chinese food on, on a remote northern island. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. That's rice. That's expensive. That rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should be. It's expensive. I mean, I mean, well, but there's more than just rice. Is there? It, I have been getting the wrong Chinese food. <laughs> well, is that all you get? Yeah. Just the rice? I've got a lot of Chinese relatives, and okay. I want to have a word with them now. <laughs> <laughs> there's other things you could eat. Tellywhackers. <laughs> That's weird because uh, Chinese food, of course, here is one of the most reasonably priced things. And if you're going to have a group of people, that yeah. is uh, what you what you do. I think it was more locale based than it okay. was. Okay, because we also had um, Chinese food when we were in uh, England, England, and that was seemed quite seemed reasonable. Does enough. it feel like everything seems a little expensive there because yeah. because of the exchange? It's it's you're paying double for things. I mean, if you live there. It just, that's what the price is. You wouldn't be going, yeah. why, this is this is double what I pay for it in another country. You know, you yeah, just, they've you beaten just, down your spirit, so, you know, you just, just take it. No, no, it's not that it's more expensive there. It's the exact same price it is, is, is for us. It's just that there's, because they don't, you know, you know what I mean, right? Yes. Like, if we make 40 Canadian dollars and we buy something for $20, we're like, that's fine. If you make 40 pounds and you buy something for 20 pounds, you're the same way. You're like, that's fine. But if you make $40 and you go pay 20 pounds, you're paying $40. You yeah, say, if I well, go to a so fast great. food place in England, I see how much things are in pounds and I do the translation. It's like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. I go to Sainsbury's and I get myself some something from there. And I make it myself, sir. Oh, I, I remember being in Paris in the summertime in probably 89. Oh, to be in Paris in the summertime. Mm-hmm. It was very nice. And... But I was, it was so warm. I kept buying like pop, like co- Cokes from stands and stuff like that. And oh, I, I realized I was paying $2 a, a pop. Oh my gosh. That yes. was 89. So I don't, I don't know what pop was then, like a dollar, 50 cents. I mean, you know, it was reasonable. I'm just amazed that you could, uh, you could, you could handle that much pop because it's the sugar pop and that's difficult to drink a lot of those. Not when you're hot. Wow. Mm. I, I was a boiling. Mm. Oh, Should have had some boilings then. What's that? Oh, boilings? Yeah. It's a... Can, I don't know if that was around then. Yeah, it probably wasn't. That sort of specialty pop. Can you tell the difference between a uh, like a British Coke and a North American Coke? I can tell the difference between a sugar yeah. pop and a. And what do you prefer? Um, 
I'm the Coke of your youth or the Coke of today? Because <laughs> you grew up with sugar Coke. I guess and they then did. they did a switcheroo on you. They did. They they fructose it up. Yeah. They fell. They fell. Foul, they fell victim to the corn lobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I think that. I. Th- you know what? I don't. I don't. To me personally, I don't see any real difference. I. Okay. Like I don't. There's not. It's not. You're not a Coca connoisseur. It's not. It's not. Well, I just don't. It's not a distinction. It's not a cost-effective distinction. You know what I mean? Like. All right. If they were both. But you tell the difference between a Pepsi and a Coke. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But not so much difference. In... No, no, no. I mean, I can tell the difference if I'm drinking like a, a sugar drink from a from a, like a fruit right. drink. And if you have a choice, they're the but same really cost. Can. Which one do you go for? Oh, I guess I would go for the sugar one. All right. But they are more filling. Like you do notice. They are. You do notice that you had one of those. Yeah. Sure. It's like, I think it's the reason that you don't see uh, big gulps in England. Because if you had a big gulp in England and it was a sugar drink, yeah. you'd lose your mind. It'd just be a big vomit. You just couldn't do it. No, you no. could not handle it. And these yeah. are people that can drink most things. <laughs> they are uh, pro- professional drinkers. All of England. I'm saying that. I'm saying all of England drinks too much. Sure. That's what I'm saying about an entire country. But saying that, if you walk outside the pub at sometime late at night or in the morning, walk past the pub, you, you can also see what they've been drinking. That's true. So there's, yeah. Hold your own, England. Hold your own. God bless. Hold your own, Tullywalkers. Oh, it's so nice not moving right now. <laughs> I can't even tell you. It's like I don't mind when I when we're when we've again we've done this twice now in uh, mm-hmm. in one uh, well a couple of times now in the last month and a bit. Yeah. Uh, and here's here's the parts that I'm really enjoying. It's like when we've done putting stuff in a truck. Yeah. And uh, it's a drive, and it's a drive to my place, and there's traffic. And I'm like, oh, sweet traffic. Just <laughs> take your time, traffic. Really? Yeah, because we're doing nothing in the car. And so I'm like so impatient to get I know, and I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I just have to sit here, and no one's like, hey, you're not doing enough. And like, no, I, I can't do anything. There's nothing I can do but sit here comfortably and listen to music and talk to my friend. This is excellent. And so this is feels the same thing, too. It's like, well, I've got this obligation to do this podcast. I wish I could do stuff, but I, I have to spend a couple of hours talking sitting at my uh, kitchen table and uh <laughs> relaxing oh so i uh i'm terribly sorry but it's, it's nice uh, you know i've got to make a, pro- a promise made as promise kept i mean i have no i mean oh, like i like if you say the word qualms i swear to god <laughs> <laughs> i will not say it then i have no squalms about uh no i was gonna say i i you know, I really, I do enjoy like hard work. I like used to love haying. I've talked about that in the show before. How mm-hmm. much I loved haying at, the, at Lisa's mom and dad's farm. You know, I wouldn't have gone out to a different farm and been like, "Hey, can I do some haying?" <laughs> but I like doing it there because you know it was a family thing. We yes. did it as a family, and what was best about it to me was, at the end of the night, we would have a big meal. We would sit down and have a big meal. And I don't, if I'm working hard, I don't like to eat very much. So I just, I'll just drink water. And just kind of hide it myself. Maybe have a few chips or whatever if they're sitting around. But basically, the chips were put out and the snacks were put out so the little kids could eat eat them while the yes. guys were out in the field getting the hay. We come back and they right. all be gone because the kids were into them, which is fine. That's what they're there for. Yeah, those kids making, <laughs> making hay while the sun shines. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what we were doing. They were doing it a different way. And yeah, so I really enjoyed the working. But what's the best part of working to me is that feeling of accomplishment when you close the hayloft door. Yeah, and you know, you pull pull the 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 hay ladder back up out of you know out of the way, and you close the hay loft door, and you've done all the hay is off the field. You don't have to worry about it. It can rain. It can rain for the next six weeks. <laughs> it can rain. It doesn't matter. And you just because you're done, and you can you can relax and and have a nice meal with everyone who is working, and just talk about this and that. Talk about what you did that day, or just talk about whatever. And I don't 
know what it is about my personality, but I tend to like lead when I get in those situations. I, I want to be the boss. Sure. Because I'm a bossy guy. But uh, Would you say you're a bossy boots? I'm, I wouldn't say my bossy boots. would honestly not say my bossy boots. Okay. Because I think when I think of bossy boots, I think of someone who, well, I guess I am kind of persnickety sometimes. So I can be persnickety. So maybe I'm <laughs> a Mr. Bossy Boots. That's for sure. Anyone who works with me at my work can tell you that I am persnickety. We're enjoying language today. <laughs> and, but I remember it was my mother-in-law who told me this, but um, my brother-in-law's father-in-law, this is not getting too out of the, he was helping us. People come and help every once in a while. He he was a young man. He was mm-hmm. a young father-in-law. He had kids when he was very young. And so he was like retired at, in his 40s and all his kids were like out of the house. I thought, that's how you do it. Get them when they're young. But uh, <laughs> he he would come and help. And I, I remember him saying to um, my mother-in-law saying to me, he goes, oh, well, Elf was talking about you. He said, he said, you know what? No one, no one makes you work harder than Dave does. But you don't mind because he's working so hard beside you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, yeah, that was me. That yeah, was, you seem to be able to make the impossible happen when there's like, you know, so much. That's my thing. It's like, I don't mind the hard work. It's just the uh, chaos work. Oh, yeah. And like things, each of the moves that we've done has been, uh, what a beautiful sunny day and it's time to move right now and rain. <laughs> And there it goes. And it's just like crazy rain. Yeah. And then it gets all muddy. And then your legs going sideways. And it's all this stuff. Or, you know, we're moving over at the office. And, like, all the parking spots in the front are taken. So we got to use these wacky stairs that are in the back that are about half the size yeah. of a human foot. They're like ship stairs. They're ridiculous. Yeah. What are you thinking? <laughs> when, when were these ever a good idea? Did a mouse build these? Were, What's the deal? They're imported from France. So it's a combination of two things. One, it's the, you see the chaos and just go how will this ever become order and enough order to be moved and then and then i'm gonna have nature you know also step in and just go no you know (laughs) we're not gonna let you do it and it's just like i wouldn't mind if it was like we're just moving this to over from over here to here sounds great yeah perfect okay but now it's this obstacle course that you've got in the meantime yeah and then everyone's got their own emotions, and you're like, okay, now I gotta like play emotional chess as well and make sure everyone's okay. And now, you know, will I have my grumpy landlord, you know, there as well, you know, giving a meh, you know, kind of <laughs> comments while we're doing stuff? I'm like, do I need that? But we did have good luck this morning with like moving a couple of couches. Like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, we moved uh, two couches into an impossible space. And the nice thing was, we had uh, two local characters. Who looked like if you were going to cast local characters, oh, there yeah. would be local characters yeah. sitting on the bench, you know, giving us applause sure. and cheers and what have you, and uh, yeah. made it happen. Yeah. Uh, Paul and Dave were sitting there watching us uh, doing their thing. <laughs> Who is that? Those two guys. Is that what their names were? Paul and Dave. Are you just making that up? I'm just making that up. Oh, okay. But it was believable, so. All right. I thought you were. It was a coincidence that one of them was the same name as me. Very good. But that's not, un- that's not unusual. Okay. I was just trying to get the reference. Half of what what I try to do on this show is just get the reference. reference. Anyway, long story short, I don't want to move again for many, many years. Mm. Okay? Even if I become a crazy millionaire, I'm not moving. I don't want to move. I don't want to move. You know, if you're a crazy millionaire, you can pay other people to do all this shit for you. No, but I have to box it. No, you don't. They'll box it for you. Oh, but they're going to go through my stuff and steal all my millions. Okay, you're Dave, be, I, I hit oh, it in oh, crazy realize, places. I didn't realize you're a crazy miser. I thought you said a crazy millionaire. Yeah, crazy millionaire. I put it in a lot of weird places you wouldn't expect. Like, is a vase in the bathroom? No, a vase. That's what's so crazy. <laughs> invasive. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. invasive. Oh, Dave. Oh, 
You're persnickety. <laughs> I'm actually, this is the thing. It's mm-hmm. like, as much as I want to completely relax into this, I'm looking down uh, at all these boxes over there and going, those are good boxes for moving because we got to move a little bit afterwards too. And like, ah, oh, <laughs> those are pretty sweet. But yeah, mm-hmm. once it's uh, once it's done and done, it's like, oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling. I mean, that's why, that's why I like doing it because yeah. I, I love that feeling of when you're done and you can you just look around and you go... Well, at least I don't have to put all this shit away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, him. every time so my long, guys. every time I'm, my sister-in-law Vicky, who's been on the show many times, mm-hmm. uh, has moved. It's been uh, crazy. It's been crazy. Like there was one where, like, the elevator in her building was uh, broken. She was a four-story uh, on the fourth story, and we had to bring like her couch and all this other stuff down the stairs. And it was Oof. like it was bananas. Yeah. It was bananas. I didn't help with that one. But even that, you did later. You brought the horse trailer around and uh, did bring some bring some stuff. But I did that bit. Uh, and then, was it broken? What's that? Was it broken? I don't remember it being broken. No, it wasn't broken. No, oh, okay. later on, you help with part of that move yeah, at yeah, the, the very yeah. least. Uh, but like, I look at that and I go, like, that to me is like way less stressful than moving today because yeah, today. Yeah. It's all my stuff, you know, <laughs> well, and not because stuff. I'm not because I'm worried about it uh, being broken or whatever. But I'm like, I'm embarrassed. I'm just embarrassed. I've got so much stuff. It's just. Em- Are you really embarrassed? Yeah, it's embarrassing. I don't know why you'd be embarrassed. About oh, it. it's just embarrassing. It's just like okay, enough. <laughs> it's just like enough, enough. Because I see yeah. the I see the half done yeah. projects and I see the books not read and you know like we had to like carry these case of like my notebooks and i'm just like ugh, it's just too much me right <laughs> too much me like i would be fine if it was like pia stuff yeah i'm like i'd be 100 percent. that's great i'd be i'd be fine but it's like ugh, just more of my shit ugh. all this eh. yeah that's funny you feel that way fooey fooey on me that's funny yeah i i don't know i haven't like i i have not moved for 20 so we moved in 97 so last time we moved was in 97 so that was uh a while ago, 20, 21 years ago, twenty one, okay. twenty years ago. So, yeah, that was a, and that was kind of complicated because we we sold our townhouse before we had a place to move to, so we had to move everything out of the townhouse into storage. We lived at Lisa's mom and dad's place for a while, hmm. which was crazy. It's usually crazy because I can't can't live with other people. Yeah, and that was really hard. How long did you have to live like that? A couple months. It was a, it was a long time. Yeah. Her mom's awesome, but her dad can be a little... He can be a bit pers- persnickety as well. Yeah. Did you have a job where you were out of the house a lot, uh, at least? So you can... <sighs> Not really. I was a farrier then, so I worked by appointment. So. Oh, oh so even I, rougher. I didn't work, oh, I, rough. I didn't work all day. So oh, I was, dear. As there a lot doing... I mean, I did stuff around the farm and stuff, so that was fine. Right. But, I mean, they didn't resent me being no, there. No, no, it's nothing, that, no. No, no, no. That's just... It's, it's just, just the hard idea. to live with people, you know? Like, yeah. You gotta, I, we, got asked a, we got asked a question when we were moving in here by a landlord. And then his, his wife went, uh, no, uh, which was because uh, there's a downstairs here, mm. but there's no kitchen in it. Okay. And he was like, if we rented it to someone downstairs, would you be okay with them using your kitchen once in a while? And we were like, uh, no. And she was like, no. And I was like, but I assume some other people would be like, fine. Yeah. Like if we were a bunch of college kids living up here yeah. or a bunch yeah. of us, who would care? It'd be fine. It'd just be another person would just wander up and like fry some bacon and then make a sandwich and go downstairs. Who cares? Not clean you know? up and leave the dishes like well, It's fine. Whatever. You know, we're all college kids. Ooh, maybe we get a break on the rent because yeah. that would be fine. But there wouldn't be a break in the rent like at, at all. Like I would not accept any break in the rent for that. It would be like, hey, you could live here free if this person can come up every so often and like uh, cook. No. Nope. 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 Not, even, not even free. No, of course not. 
No, this person like coming up into your home and like making a sandwich yeah. and then like leaving. I don't like it. Could you? No. Could you stand that? Of course no. you couldn't. No, I mean, we moved into a house that had a, a built-in basement suite in it. And I was just like, nope, no one's living in the basement of our house, except for us. <laughs> we do live have stuff down there. I don't mean to imply that no one lives in the basement. <laughs> it's completely empty. But yeah, so then we had to move everything out of storage into our, our new house, which is fine. Because it was already boxed. That's one good thing about it. Yeah, that's not too bad. To go. Yeah. You're not having to box everything again. And did you did you have a daughter at this point? Yep, we had Mary. And when we moved in, Eve had just been born. Okay. So we moved in the, the 1st of December. We moved okay. into our place. So Eve, had, Eve was uh, four days old at that point. Aww. So she's, Lisa wasn't. So she's got some treasured memories of the previous place. I've been mad at Lisa for the last 21 years that she wasn't there to help us move, actually. <laughs> Laying like a bum in the hospital. No, that's fine. She she was quite ill. With well, you shouldn't be thing. mad at her. Be mad at Eve. Didn't do anything either. She that's didn't lift a finger. Yeah. She's just. Uh, Except for sometimes grabbing the finger really tight. Well, I don't, can't remember if she did that at that age because she was a preemie. She was a month, oh, okay. She was a month and a bit early. I remember Mary was a finger grabber. Yes. Mary very early on was. Very keen. Yeah, it would grab your finger and just crush it like a, like a tin can. <laughs> but Eve She was, would show you who's boss, really like dominate things. Eve was so tiny and you had, we had to wake her to feed her because pre- premature babies won't wake, wake themselves up to eat. So they could theoretically starve to death. Right. So you have to like take a cold cloth and press it against her feet to make them wake oh, up. Oh, wow. And then they wake up with like kind of, kind of like, and then you get feeding them. Is that yeah. what you still got to do with her to get her to eat? <laughs> No, that's not been an issue for a long time. Throw some cold water on her feet just to <laughs> give her a sandwich. Yeah, she just she just likes it that way now. She sits at the table with her feet in a cold bucket of water. <laughs> now, Dave, a bucket of cold water. You're talking a lot about your daughters here, and that's all well and good. Yes, but is there somewhere we could listen to you talk with your daughters? You know, well, we yes. Okay, well, that's enough of that. Yeah, let's go into something yeah. else. No, I just uh, we Mary and I. I decided uh, I wanted to do a music podcast right you want to be doing musical well, so you singing I all your own <laughs> all your own material <laughs> oklahoma oh that's not my own material that'd be Sorry. funny like what you do is you take like whatever we talked about this week on this show and yeah. then you just sing about it on your podcast <laughs> that'd be great i'm a little persnickety <laughs> but why won't anyone listen to me because my name it <laughs> you say vase i say vase <laughs> <laughs> you let, let's call the whole thing off yes you say, this is my favorite classical music joke of that sort of thing. Oh, please. You ready for this? Yes. I just love it so much. Okay. You say Carmina, I say Carmina. You say Barana, I say Barina. Let's Carl the whole thing Orf. Everyone, Carmina Barana, the Carl Orf. Uh, right. Anyway. We're going to check the reaction from people <laughs> online. They say, <laughs> take it, Bach. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we so. We can't. We can't handle it. Oh, they're really they're really going there. Any, anyone, anything? What, you want a third? <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay, but I'll be chopping up some of these other jokes to reassemble into this one. All right, forget it. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, yeah, so I wanted to do a music podcast, and, cause, and I really enjoyed the top fives we were doing, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to kind of expand that into something. So I thought it would be fun... And I went kind of thought back to, there was an episode I did just by myself because you couldn't do it that week. Mm-hmm. And I just covered someone, uh, someone's mixtape that I'd done. And I really enjoyed doing, talking about it. It was fun to play the music and stuff. So what I decided to do was do uh, a music podcast. So we're looking at the mu- mixtapes that I made for people when I was doing the mixtape project about three years ago. 
and past that point, three years, two years ago. And yeah, it's been fun. It's a lot of fun to look back at them and go, why did I think that song was good? <laughs> it's just, it's always good to second guess yourself. And your co-host is Mary. My co-host is my daughter, Mary. Yeah. Right. Formerly known as Millis on the show. Formerly known as Millis. And yeah. occasionally it seems now you're having uh, uh, Eve on the show. Or did you? She's not on that show. No, she, but she's on, she's been on another episode, right? She's, yes. She did, uh, one of our music, one of our top fives, I think, when, when, uh, the, remember the time the SD card got lost? Right. But it, does Eve not appear on the Sneaky Dragon listening party? No. She does the intro. Oh, there yeah. we go. Hence yeah. my mistake. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She does the intro. So she is there, but she's, she's not there. She was there, and then she's just there in spirit because her voice is on a tape. Right. Or whatever it is, the digital recording. What do you call that now? It's on file? Her voice is on file. It's on wax. It's on a wax cylinder. I've still used Edison's uh, wax cylinders to record the show. <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. And um, Mary really loves music, so it's something that we can share together and talk about. She's always, even as a little little girl, she was When like, she was grabbing people's fingers. When she was grabbing little people's fingers. She was then pointing towards uh, the <laughs> albums right. of her choice. That's right. You said, do you want to listen to Shania Twain? And she knocked it out of your hand. She said, give me a local oh, rabbit. Well, that don't impress her much. No, it doesn't impress her at all. Uh, is that a Shania Twain thing? I think so. I hope so. I know. I'm taking it was. I, I think, think so, too. Think yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, sure. geez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you give her Backstreet Boys, she just would spit on it and say, give me... She did not want it that way. She did not want... She is that a Backstreet Boys song? <laughs> yes. I'm just going to keep going with <laughs> yes, this. Yes, it was okay. not. A, <laughs> they covered Shania Twain <laughs> on the Shania Twain covers album. <laughs> Never the Twain Shall Meet. I was thinking of a different joke. But well, okay, you say it. It was just like the, the people thought they were the next Twain. <laughs> it's like the next Twain doesn't get here for 10 okay. <laughs> It was stupid. It was, Listen, again, I'm just happy was, not uh, to be lifting anything of mine. The album is called Pulling a Twain. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've been having a lot of fun. And, I'm, well, I'll thank the person more formally on on our podcast, on a real podcast, real podcast, on the actual listening party mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, it's called Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, by mm-hmm. the way. And it was nice. Someone wrote, we actually got an iTunes review, which was really nice. I didn't actually expect that. <laughs> but we got a nice iTunes review from Kelly Fred Sam, who also gave us a nice review of Full Marks, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. And this person uh, commented on the vast, like the, the variety of music that we play, like how eclectic it is and the broad... You know, it's not just 60s, not just whatever. It's all all eras of music, because I like music from all all time and space. And yeah, and it's fun and it's informative and Mary and I goof around a bit and it's good. It's a good time. Nice. So now, if you just want to sit and listen to music with us, that's what you get to do. Now, you mentioned uh, another podcast there, the Full Marks Podcast. What can you tell me about this, young man? <laughs> well, we just finished that out. We just wrapped up our Full Marks Podcast mm-hmm. with our listeners' questions episode that uh, fell strangely silent, I felt. All our other episodes would immediately get people writing in and correcting me and things like that. And this one has uh, been kind of quiet. I, I, I'm, imagining, I'm imagining that people are saving it to savor. You know what oh. I mean? Because like, they know it's our last episode. Okay. And they don't want to like. They don't want it to end. I have a second theory, which is the theory that because uh, it's over, yeah, they think the shop's closed. They think we've gone home. You don't write letters to the TV show that's now off the air, right? That could be. That could be. But I mean, we're still still here. But we are still here. I guess. 
I hope yeah, so. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> what are they thinking? Yeah. But it was it was nice on that show getting the getting the feedback that uh that was very a uh, very pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. And uh a lot of people are very uh very intense Marx Brothers fans. They yes. they know a lot. They're very persnickety. <laughs> very persnickety. And but and very opinionated and it's fun. I really like the fact that people have their favorite Marx Brothers films. I like that their favorite Marx Brothers films are some of their some of the worst Marx Brothers films. Mm-hmm. And I would put myself in that camp. One of my favorite Marx Brothers films is not one of their best films, but it's Which one is? that Night, Night of Casablanca. Oh, okay. But it's one of it's the very first one I ever saw, and so it has a particular place in my heart as the, the one that introduced me to the Marx Brothers. And I think it's a pretty good film compared to a lot of like having rewatched yeah. them. What all. I like too is I like people uh, writing going like, "Oh, you got me watching these again." Yeah, that's yeah. always nice. I like that. We too. got that a little bit with Tintin as well, and mm-hmm. the Beatles, and yeah, and that's uh, yeah. that's 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 kind of that's kind of fun. Sure. Yeah, I'm kind sure. of finding that now. I've been listening to we had uh, guest uh, Bob Mackey on a couple of weeks ago, and I've been listening to his Talking Simpsons. And I, okay. after almost every one of them, I want to like watch the episode again. Okay. And, uh, and I have to stop myself because I'm like I'll have to like download it, and I'm like I'm not gonna do that. Pay money for that? No, sir. You don't have I'll wait on, till it comes you around. Don't have them on DVD anymore? You used to have them all. I uh, yeah, I did, but uh, oh. Lord of gosh, and they're in uh, they're in boxes somewhere. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yes, I we'll. We'll see, and we'll see. One of these days, they'll show. They'll show. Oh, and uh, just a quick thing about that—that uh, that, uh, Bob's got a GoFundMe that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he had a really unfortunate incident that happened to him after he left here. Not, not uh, right our after place. he left. Uh, a tall guy. He, they, this is the description: tall guy wearing glasses. Yeah. Uh, who answered the name of Dave? Apparently, approached him wearing a mask, striped shirt, carrying a bag that said "loot." Right. And uh, said, "Would you like to do the podcast again?" Would you like to do a podcast and then again? he ran and he ran. <laughs> then later, when he got to California, he was mugged. Sadly, yeah. yeah no, this was this is drag because yeah, he was uh, mugged at gunpoint, which is just ugh. Yeah, just so, so scary, so scary, so terrible. Yeah, so lousy. Uh, and he had a whole bunch of his stuff on him, and so uh, there is a GoFundMe. Yeah, he was basically coming from the airport home, so he had yeah. every, all his travel stuff and. Everything he'd brought with him for the so trip. So boo on that. Uh, but yeah, just look up. Uh, you know, there's so many ways to 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 look him up. But we'll we'll put up a we'll put up a link. We I think we did already on the Sneaky Dragon uh, Twitter we did. Uh, thing. So go check that out. And uh, good cause, good guy, and listen to his podcast as well. But not until you're done with ours. We've got more rambling to do. By gosh, <laughs> That's right. we're not we're not yeah. finished. Do you think we've got a point to make? We're, we don't. We're but we're going to keep making it for at least an hour more. Because otherwise, I'm going to have to move, and I am not moving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna hold off for as long as I can, and then pretend that I don't remember that there's music at the end of this. Not music, uh, movies. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I see what you're saying. There you go. What are we gonna repeat? I'll, last do, week? I'll do. I'll do what I normally do, which is forget that there's movies at the end, and then I oopsie doodle. There we go. Well, That's I guess good. we have to wait a little bit longer. You will get mad at me like last week. Nah, I was like pulling uh, it out of a hat. Well, it was like yeah, we were like about two hours deep, and it was like oh, if I'd known like a half hour ago, I could have planned for this. There we, there we go. Uh, but we'll get to that later on. We've been asking you guys for your uh, top top ten movie lists, and uh, you've been giving them to us. And once again, we appreciate. Yeah, we love hearing from from listeners. I think that's part. We're that's sitting I, at the bottom of a well, and it's just nice having people yell down at us. <laughs> uh, it's like it can feel that way sometimes. It's true. Yeah, that's it can. One of the, that's one of the things about any creative endeavor. I think is that feeling of that you just throw this baby, and this is something that we baby less than most things, but something that you've babied, you've you know, you've gone to all the trouble of making, and then you kind of cast it adrift sort of like a viking funeral it floats out to sea on fire and then you hope that someone will notice and then it just sinks 
it sinks, <laughs> the flames slowly die out, and then it seems to be that's the end of it. And you're like, well, I hope someone saw that and thought it was something. Yeah, and then like five years later, someone goes, that was my favorite thing. I'm like, what? Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> well, this is something I was talking to you about a little bit uh, on the way here, is uh, I'm doing a book called Exorcisters now with Giselle Legacy. Yeah. Um, and uh, the f- we're on issue two now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first arc has five uh, issues in it, and then we do go go to a trade. Um but uh, it's been going. It's been going well for uh, like uh, feedback. It's been really good. All the reviews have been really, really nice, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all swell, and the uh, the sales are all right. Uh, but what I've been what I've been told, we're we're kind of on the edge right now. So okay. it's like it's a good if you're thinking like, eh, here's 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 my point. Is I've had all these people say to me, uh, I've heard all this good stuff, and it's like, oh, that's great. I'm gonna wait for the trade. Uh, to which I want to go like. Fuck you. <laughs> like, it's okay to do that, but yeah. don't tell me it. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I understand that you might do that, but what I'm hearing is, ah, uh, because it's like, uh, then we might not get, like, a second trade. Yeah. You know, it's it, the sales have to be there for the single issues, which is a silly, silly situation. It's a silly situation. Because if it does well in the trade, that's fine, and that, that will buoy everything up anyway, and we'll be all right. Yeah. But uh, the way it goes is, you know, you got to do okay in the in the singles first. It's such a dumb system it's such a dumb system that like you know we've uh, upon like the 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 first issue came out then the second issue got its numbers and they went okay well this is what the sales will be like in issue seven like well how would you know that so they predict a drop yeah they pre- oh yeah they, they predict a drop like they predict a drop and i'll be honest they'll predict a drop like a seven where it might not be feasible anymore okay but like currently it is and again the feedback has been so positive yeah that yeah. i'm like well I don't know, it feels like people are really really enjoying it and it's like i've been getting some like i've been getting some genuinely touching uh response to it yeah like people having reactions that i did not expect them to have mm-hmm. to this i thought like, oh you'll like this i think we're doing a nice job and the drawings are nice whatever and it's like but people like really relating to it or saying like they they cried at the end of this or they was like really really freaked out after reading this and I'm like oh all right it's it's, it's nice yeah. but everyone's and, and and a lot of people thinking that they wouldn't like it and then they did like it yeah and getting a lot of that sure so it's like that's that's pleasant and then the, the second issue surprised them because they thought oh i get what this is and then we we went a little deeper and did a little twisty twisty rue on that one and more twisty rues are coming um like all right you're on board for the ride and sure. that's nice but like uh yeah don't tell me you're waiting for the trade because <laughs> because yeah. the smile you see frozen to my face is a grimace <laughs> that i'm going to be now taking to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, buy, buy, buy the comic if you get a chance. It's very good. Oh, thank you. It's very good. I really enjoy, I'm really enjoying it. Unfortunately, everyone, I'm getting them for free, so I'm not really helping Ian at all. No, this is he fine. He keeps giving me comps. So. No, it's fine and fine. Uh, comps? What comps? Shut up. There's no comps. Uh, it's all fine. <laughs> By comps, I meant... Compliments. Compliments, yeah. Compliments. He keeps giving me compliments and... But by that I mean he keeps giving me the comic as a way to say I'm a great guy. And the other and the other comic, of course, we got out is one that Dave also was part of, which is Sparks. I wasn't part of uh, Extra Sisters. Is Sparks? Okay, Sparks. Yeah, Sparks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a dog barking. Mm. Oh, that's clever. Sparks, Sparks. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Excellent. When maybe they'll find a dog that can actually make that sound, and we'll use that for marketing. Sure. Uh, it's a story about two cats dress up like a dog, save the world. It's by Scholastic. Well, it's not by Scholastic. It's published by Scholastic. Yeah. Uh, I wrote it, uh, and uh, and hey, you know who drew it? The Third Dragon. Third Dragon, Nina Matsumoto. Nina Matsumoto, that's right. Awesome artist. And you, yep. uh, either the first or second dragon, uh, colored it. <laughs> it depends. We take turns <laughs> we with take like, turns. who is uh, right. going to be. This week, I'm first. Yeah. 
Next week, you're first. But it's uh, but the sweet thing about this, uh, you might like uh, see the cover for this and go like, wait, guys, uh, you say it's Sparks, but I'm seeing the word Zap. Oh, what's what's up, you fucking liars? Is this a Robert Crumb comic? Yeah. Oh God, we have the same name as Zap. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? This wasn't my choice. This came as a surprise to me. I was at a chapters and I was looking up the book, and then Zap came up, and I'm like, "What's this about?" Uh, it's being published in French. Nice. Uh, in uh, that's great. February. Yeah, that's great. And also, it's going to be in Russian. It's going to be in Hebrew. Mm. But uh, French is especially nice because we live in Canada, and maybe it's a good excuse to go to Montreal and oh. sell a few books and have some corned beef. I mean, smoke, smoke beef, I should say. Smoke meat. Smoke meat. Smoke meat. There. Yeah. yeah. I think you can have some smoke beef if you want. Smoke meat is what you it is. It is beef, you can but have you, some corn it's beef. called smoke meat. You can have some smoked corn if you corn want. Corn beef isn't really a Montreal thing, but yeah. I was mixed up. I was just so excited. What a good excuse to go to Montreal. I love Montreal so much. Do you really? Yeah. So, by the way, if you don't speak English, first of all, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> and you only speak French. Yeah. And you've been going, I'd love to buy the book, but uh, what can I do? I only parlay the Francais. Well, we oui. come uh, February, uh-huh. you've got an opportunity to buy it in a shop. Or here, this is my advice to you: hmm? don't be a trade waiter. Um, actually, it only comes out as a thing you can't. Uh, so uh, <laughs> you just go to your uh, go to your online and click on it and pre-order it. Ooh la la, Sasson. <laughs> c'est fini. Yeah. Also, we're working on the second one now. Yes. Can we say where we are on that? Can we say where we are? Yeah. We're sitting, looking at each other, gazing across <laughs> the table. <laughs> across the table. And uh, Nina's in California. Why, what's your, what's your oh, point? Oh, okay. No, nothing. Okay, so where, so where are told, we at? Okay. Well, I've uh, got the script done. Nina's, uh, it's Nina's job to uh, draw it up now. We mentioned the hot dog place. Yes. Here's one thing about the hot dog place people might not realize, because it does have delicious hot dogs. Mm-hmm. It also Everyone's a wiener baby. That's the truth. Everyone's a wiener baby, but it's also the fucking noisiest place I've ever been in my life. Like, it is so loud in there. Like Because of people enjoying concert, their hot dogs? It's concert. Le- no, they just play music really obnoxiously loud. Like, concert level okay. noise. Like, ear-ringingly no- noisy in there. It's okay. insane. You can, can't hear, you can't talk to each other in the restaurant. And yet, you, me, and Nina have gone there before, and we were able to have a pleasant conversation. Yeah, it was nice. But I think so they I think changed. We went on a, I think we went on a stinkeroo night for but that. When, but, but when we went, it was pretty noisy, too. Were we there on like a proper week? Like, a, Were we on like a Friday or some such? Was it just a, a Thursday? Were we recording on a proper Thursday? Maybe we were. I'm just trying to think Sorry. if there was like, it, it's like a fancy fans, pants rock and roll, let's blow the joint out night. Because I think if you go earlier in the day, yeah. I'm just like, I can't take this all day long. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. time that I went originally, they were doing a Bob's Burgers thing sure. there. So, hey, it was just all calm fun. and calm all and fun. And, all fun and games. Yes. Yeah, no, it was just so noisy. So Nina was talking to me and she told me her, her drawing schedule for Sparks. Mm. And I nodded. But I did not hear a word she said. Ah. But I was, I, I think I was very convincing that oh. I, I understood. Well, you agreed to work for free. She was telling me this. She really appreciated that. <laughs> Shit. Well, that was. Well, you know. My word is my bond. Over a hot dog. My word is my bond. That's right. If you, if you tell a lie over a wiener, cursed forever. <laughs> cursed forever. If you can get me eating a hot dog, you can get me to That's a, a lot of That's a foot long whopper. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, no, she was talking, talking, but I was so loud in there. I could not understand a word she said. Okay. But she has a schedule all planned. Yes. And I'm going to be worked into there somehow. Nina is, cr- yeah, she'll also be doing a cover for uh, Exorcist, speaking of which. Good, I'm glad. Um, I believe that that suggestion came to you from someone that you know who's sitting across the table from you. Really? All right, well, let me thank my cat. <laughs> it wasn't your cat. <laughs> no, my cat, is, my cat has been fed, so uh, they've gone upstairs, and they have no more use for me. They're lying on the bed, taking up the entire bed, and thinking, this is, this is the way it is. Sure. 
This is the way it's going to be. That's how it should be. But yeah, no. Uh, if you can get Nina to draw any of your stuff, you're uh, a lucky bastard. Uh, mm-hmm. She's she's so damn good. I agree. I gotta just get some of her shirts. Her shirts are uh, fantastic. <laughs> I have one. What was the shirt that you have? Sparks. Oh, uh-huh, very good. You're, you're welcome. I gotta get some of the game shirts though. She's she's just like uh, I always want to play the games though. When I this is such a <laughs> such a, a dangerous rabbit hole for me to go down. Like yeah. you know all these all these shirts. Like oh that's great. Oh that game. Oh mm. my. When we talk about Sunset Riders, I think yeah, it's, the other all, day, it's just all Greek to me. I was like oh my gosh. Like I think you'd recognize the game if you saw it. But like I played mm. the hell out of that game and I have not seen it in many many a year. Yeah. But it's like oh yeah right. Well right, that's right. possible. Like you know. I probably played the games. I just don't remember the there was illustrations um, on the outside of the, the arcade machine. Yeah, I heard that there's a, an arcade that opened uh, recently in New Westminster that I want to check out. Oh, yeah, like an old timey arcade. Cool. That's yeah. cool. Like, yeah, I mean, why aren't those around more? You know, like that seems to me like a natural. Well, part of the pro- like I know there was a place in Vancouver that their intention was to have a restaurant slash arcade uh, thing, but they couldn't get they couldn't get a liquor license if they had an arcade as part of the. As part of the restaurant, yeah. It's all this is our nonsensical stupid city. Our non, our non, it's not the city's fault. It's it's provincial. There's apparently somewhere around here that's got like a whack of pinball machines. I got to find. This feels like an area mm. where there's there's a bunch of pinball machines, and I'm not well, seeing them yet. Where's my pinball map? Ah. You keep talking, and I'll look. I'll look all right. We had a we had a guest on the show uh, many years ago who was a pinball aficionado, and he alerted yeah, us. Yeah, Alex Longstreth. Alex uh, Longstreth, also an amazing cartoonist. He alerted us to an app uh, that would find pinball machines in your area looking mm-hmm. for swinging singles. <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of a it was kind of a grinder, That's but right. it's uh, yeah, more of a yeah. tilter. <laughs> M- mature pinball pinball machines looking for you. <laughs> Well, this one's five kilometers away. <laughs> it's very close. I should send it a message. Yes. Closest locations. Yes. <laughs> I've got all these dirty pinball jokes in my head now, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put them aside. Yeah, I don't. Oh, the connection games and comics. Could that be? Does that sound like it's it? No, they only have one there. What's nice about it is it it tells you what game what pinball machines. Oh, which are there one do well. they have a connection? Adam's so. family. Oh, that's the best one. That's a good one. That is one of the best that ones. That's a very good one, yeah. If, if the magnet works. It's, if the magnet works, mm, yes, but the magnet's got to work. It's no uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, but... Uh, I uh, I ended up... Uh, yeah, I, I got a crush on someone who used to play that game. And uh, we ended up going out for a while. I, uh, because of Adam's Family, frankly. Oh, is that right? Yeah. They used to play uh, Adam's Family regularly. And I was like, who's that? Oh, she's really good at that. And then later on, uh, we ended up going out. The... Uh, this one, the What Up Hot Dog one, was updated by me when we were there last time, mm. which was 11-15-2018. Very good. So, uh, updated by Older Model. That's my uh, my name on there, with, th- and, uh, with threes for ease. Right. So, that had the Iron Maiden. Yep. That was correct. But they had the wrong, uh, they had Ghostbusters still in, in here, but it was actually Jackbot that is the, the new thing yes. in there, which is an older one. That's for 95. Right. Whereas the Iron Maiden one is from this year. It's a very new one. It has like a... So it has like a video, video screen, screen incorporated yeah, in it. It's that quite, isn't uh, all busted up. It's quite an amazing game. Now, Jackbot, let's go down this hole. Sure. There was originally uh, Pinbot. Yeah. And then there was, was it, it wasn't Ms. Pinbot, but it oh, was. I found it. Far Out Coffee Post, which is on Dundas, so it's very close by. Okay. And what do you got? We got Iron Man. Iron Man's all right. Joker Poker. Not bad. Which is from 1978. No, I know. Wow. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. By the way, sorry. Yeah. Let me say where I know from Joker Poker. Yeah, is um, when I was a when I was a young man. Yeah, I played the silver ball. <laughs> <laughs> 
Then my eyesight returned. <laughs> okay. And I stopped playing. Uh, no, I used to go to a bowling alley, and that was one of the games that they had oh, okay. there. Okay, cool. Oh, this uh, excites me. They got Joker poker. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, they got Lord of the Rings. That's all right. So, so, yeah. Sorcerer. Sorcerer's not bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights. Dude, how many pinball machines have they got? Let me keep going. I'd like you to. Uh, Twilight Zone. That's all right. That's a good one. That's all right. I like that one. Uh, Wheel of Fortune, which I've never played. That's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty All nice, right, pretty fair nice. enough. And then World Cup Soccer. Okay. Okay. I've seen it. Haven't played it. So that's pretty good. Far Out Coffee Post. So we're going to have to make a little trip down. Far Out Coffee Post. Yeah. Make a little trip down there. So if you don't have, uh, if you are into pinball and you don't have Pinball Map on your phone, you should have it because it's a really good app. Uh, And it's fun if you go to places where there are pinball machines to check out what's there and then you can, you can, uh, Make make corrections. By the way, I'm just wrong. I'm just saving so far out coffee post on my yeah, on my so. phone here. No, my my question was going to be about Pinbot. Like, uh, okay, so yeah, talk about Pinbot. There was Pinbot. Yeah, and then there was the, there's three different games. There's three different machines. That's that right. Out. So there was there was Pinbot, yeah. and then I'm not sure if it was Ms. Pinbot, but it was like a sexy version of yeah, Pinbot. It was lady Pinbot. It was like a lady Pinbot, and yeah. that was the better version of Pinbot. That's good. where Pinbot really got its act together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now we got what was it? Uh, Jackbot. Jack Jackbot, which is them teaming up. I don't know. It didn't seem as good. I didn't play it. I, I tried the uh, Iron Maiden one. Okay. Which I thought was okay. I really like ones that are more, um, they're kind of mo- more practical, you know, like there's more things that the ball is doing that you can see. I really, I don't like games where it disappears into a hole and then you just kind of wait while things happen on a screen in front of you. I like, yeah. I like to play. All right. Now I'm looking for what the Pinbot sequel was. So I'm really kind of, cu- I really like to play this Joker Poker one. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's very exciting. I'm uh, I'm now even more upset that I've got to go and do uh, <laughs> moving. Do moving. No, I can't see what the what the sequel was called. Oh wait, there we go. It was called the Machine. That's oh, right. The Machine. Bride of Pinbot. Look at that, Dave. Look at that sexy Pinbot. Huh? Wow. That could be on a cover of Omni Magazine. Huh? <laughs> Look at that. Omni Magazine had sexy lady robots on it, right? Is that the magazine for people to eat whatever they want? Yes, that's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that is uh that is a very sexy lady robot. I think Omni magazine had that. Like there was some magazine that was being, like the sci-fi magazine that would always have sexy like, like the, sexy occasionally like a heavy, a heavy metal would not uh be uh, adverse to having a sexy lady robot. Oh. They uh, wouldn't as, be adverse to having a lady of any sort. No, of no. As long as, as long as as long as the sexy lady robot yeah. was bald. That yes. seemed to be their rule That's right. for that. Their rule was this. Bald head, head as head breast as big as head. That's all yeah, that they asked there was for. There was something there. There was a rule of threes. Yeah, there was. There that's, was that's one of the many many rules of threes in the world of art. Um, now I'm looking up Omni magazine. Omni was published by Pentos, so I, that's possible that they used the sexy robots on their covers as well. Is Bob Guccione still alive? I think Bob Guccione is gone. He's gone to the Pentos. The Gooch, in the sky? The Gooch has left the uh, building. Oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing mm-hmm. Omnis, but they're all. Uh, oh, that's semi sexy lady. I don't remember them uh, being that to, sexy. I always they seem remember them to be being modern and uh, kind of spacey. We got a little uh, Geiger. We got a little semi-sexy. Yeah, we, mm. we're not going the full heavy metal mm, sort of sexy lady. <laughs> uh, kind of sexy lady. They really have that dead stare. They're all they're all the dead stare. Sorry, I'll just show you really quick. So the dead stare eyes. Mm. Okay, then we got more dead stare eyes. Yeah. Then we got like more. Uh, consider the audience. Yeah, we got consider the audience. We got more sort of dead stare eyes a mm-hmm. little bit there. Mm-hmm. And then we got more dead stare eyes. It seems like uh, ladies looking at you. They're not ladies, are the robots? Oh, they're robots. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's a maybe that's a good point. What, I don't am, want, I, what am I asking of these robots? I don't want to for come, affectionate yeah. come hither glances. 
ones? They're not there yet. I mean, those are those are early models. I mean, that's right. I mean, things have taken like leaps and bounds since then. Did you see Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Yes, sir, I did. What do you think of it? I thought it was fine. I really liked it a lot. And right. I, and I'm then person, I think you should talk about it more than me. I'm a person. I thought it was like fine. I'm a person who didn't like the first one, of course, because it veers so far away from. Which of the three versions didn't you like? Is it all of them? <laughs> There's actually seven versions of Blade Runner. What? Yeah. Is one of the questions you ask a robot which of the versions of Blade Runner <laughs> did you like? And if they say <laughs> any of them, you know that they're a robot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which one? Which one made you feel the most sad? That's right. You see an original and a director's commentary version of Blade Runner, and they're both on their backs. Which one? <laughs> which? How do you feel? Which one do you go to? It's a. I really enjoyed it because it's an interesting answer to the movie, and maybe I enjoyed it because it was. It didn't. It didn't have the book as as a source mm. material, and you know what I what I object to in Blade Runner is how far it veers away from what the book was, which is something. Which is something that Harrison Ford objected to doing the movie as well. He didn't like the direction that Ridley Scott wanted to take Deckard. He just didn't understand what, like, to him, you know, because Ridley Scott wanted him to be, also be a replicant. And Harrison Ford was in the well, who cares about that character? Yeah. Like, what is this, what is his journey? Like, it's meaningless. Because, you know, yeah. So this movie kind of answers it because it shows Deckard aged. He's an old guy. So that seems to say that he's not a replicant because they had a. They had a limited life, except for the Sean Young character in the original film, mm-hmm. who had some sort of dispensation given to her by the, her maker. But everyone, every other replicant has a, a set life, limited lifespan. What did you think of the Sean Young cameo? Was there a Sean Young cameo? You know, when they had the uh, sort of CGI version version of her in it. She shows up all computery. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. I was uh, I was back in uh, Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One. To me, it was like let's let's stop doing this. It wasn't big enough. Until we yeah. can do this. It wasn't big enough to make it like obnoxious. And they already had like CGI characters who were. You're supposed to. You're supposed yeah. to. I think by that by, go like wow. Yeah. They really pulled this off. And the weird thing to me about that is like you you can't really do this. It mm-hmm. feels like you can't. Oops, that's all right. Kick me. Uh, it's all right to kick me. Uh, <laughs> but yet uh, the Marvel movies. They yeah. seem to be able to do things like aging people in a way that other movies can't. Or de-aging they, people. Or de-aging or, you know, I bet if they aged them up, they'd also be not too bad, mm. uh, too. Uh, yeah, they, they, whereas you look at something like uh, like an X-Men 3 and you see uh, Ian McKellen and, uh, and, and, and Patrick Stewart going to visit Jean Grey and you see their mushes and like, what's this about? What are you guys? Like, what's this? <laughs> no, this is not at all. Ugh. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing. I feel when I see the full CGI Princess Leia, it's like, no, no, I'm a, this is too big an image for me to be fooled by this, maybe on a TV screen, perhaps in passing, but no, sir. No, no, sir. Well, two things. One is that I I think that de-aging a character, you still have their face, their actual face there as, as a Mm -hmm. way to, to work, you're working with a living person and you're able to, you know, tweak that. Right. Also, Marvel have really, really good special effects in their films. They, they yeah. don't they don't skimp on their budget. But you would think like, like you look at DC Star Wars. But look what don't DC you have films. the money? Yeah, yeah. But look at what DC does. Don't they have the money? And their their CGI looks terrible. Yeah, all they can't they can't clear a mu- uh, mustache from a lip. <laughs> they can't. No, no. Their CGI looks looks terrible. All the yeah, time. how do you not do that when I can see? Well, because, the, because Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, is looking yeah. like Robert Downey Jr. And yeah. I and and the, and the trick with that is. We know what they look like young. Here's the trick, though. It's just one word. It's called planning. 
Hmm. Like Marvel have are planning their movies. DC aren't planning their movies. The whole mustache thing is is a disaster because they had, they did reshoots on a movie that was was done in quotation <laughs> yeah. marks. Yeah. So the actor went on to a different project, which he had to grow a mustache for, which he couldn't shave off because he was still in the middle of shooting that film right. when they wanted him to come back and do reshoots for a movie that was quote unquote done. And so he, you know, that's just bad planning, bad planning there. And so instead of and instead of taking the time to do a good job erasing his upper lip, which could could have been done. They did a terrible job erasing. When it's the his, first his scene you see of the character, mm-hmm. dude, yeah. you gotta make this. And he looks work. like he looks like a character from. Cat. How's it he going? Looks like a character from Cats. How's it going? Yeah, how's, how's, how's yes. everyone doing? He has a I'm moving upper lip, and it's slightly leonine. Let me just say that it has like a cat like look. There to it. is there is a bunch of catness to that. Yeah, yeah, it's just weird, and you know you just like it just seems that Marvel. I'm not to say Marvel's never made a misstep or ever has ever made like a so-so movie, but I just mean that their movies are carefully planned, you know, and, and even if there's a misstep in the films, you know, it's because they took a chance and it didn't quite, didn't quite pay off or, you know, it's for whatever reason. Let me throw it's, this. Or it's Thor 2. Let me throw this out means. at you throw for, it out. Uh, for, 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 for Justice League. And again, maybe it's a little too late to fix Justice League, but yeah. maybe they'll do a rewrite on it and take my idea. Yeah. Take Superman out of the first scene. Get get that out of there because that looks ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's dumb. <laughs> you know, people. You just see the impact that Superman's had. You yeah. can use clips from the previous movies. We're fine. Yeah. Then when you have Superman show up and comes back, spoilers from the dead. Yeah. It's got a beard. Yeah. It's got a beard. Now you just got to add beard. You don't take away. You add beard. That's right. Right. So just throw a beard on the guy. Yeah. He's got a beard on his mush. We've already had him with a beard. He has a beard in the first movie. There you go. That's what he does. He's, he's like, remember, he's on the oil oil rig and he has a beard. Yeah, he grows a beard. So you got him with a he's beard. He's a hairy guy. And, and your final scenes, yeah. yes, to be fair, then he can shave it up and he can look a little weird. Fuck it. Who cares? That's fine. But you've like you still saved most of the movie because yeah. you just put more face hair on him and you're fine. Yeah. It's a problem completely solved. There you go. The other thing they could have done, here's, here's the other thing I was thinking about, is they could have given uh, the villain of the movie a personality. And an understandable motive to what he was doing. <laughs> that would have made the movie interesting. Well, you know what I heard was the was the case with this. Okay, was he was supposed to be the villain from uh, for Suicide Squad? This oh. was the idea was like the parademons and all this fear stuff yeah, yeah. and whatever, and he was going to be the bad guy for them. And then Justice League yoinked him away, and they were like, "What?" And so Suicide Squad was all scramble, scramble. Oh, scramble, so they had scramble, to make they had to scramble, make scramble, sorceress. Scramble. Yeah, the, I don't know. Well, the Enchantress was, or Enchantress. Sorry. What she was going to do was she's going to do something uh, where she accidentally summons or makes a doorway to uh, you know Apocalypse, and then she's she's kind of being possessed by this Steppenwolf guy, yeah, and the Parademons and all this, and yeah, that's yeah. that's what's coming through. So the fight at the end with all those things, that's what's supposed to be that. And then they went, no, we're going to use him. Mm. Okay. No, but that's... that's how, about, how about it's your brother that's like a big demon? Yeah, that sounds fine. What what was with these guys? Okay, well, they're sort of parademons. Eh, we don't have an ending. Okay, and then you go to... Yeah. You're talking about the Blackberries? Uh, sure, the Blackberries. They all threw their phones at people. No, I just meant the guys that look like Blackberries running around fighting. I guess so. Cause then, I don't really remember So... It. Oh, I remember it. At like that it point, yesterday. I'm just going, what's going on? I'm still, I'm still seeing a, 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 a therapist about that film. <laughs> 
But here's the thing about that, that when you say that, what makes it so dumb is that why did you take him out of that movie when you had an opportunity to establish him as a villain? Give him a motive. Give him an understandable backstory to what was happening that the Suicide Squad tries to defeat him, that they don't, get, they, they don't defeat him. They lose to him. Yeah. So when Justice League comes, then we have a sense of, of threat. We have a sense of that this guy is powerful, yeah. that he has a real possibility of defeating the Justice League. Instead of in th- what two fights, and both of them take place inside some sort of s- cylinder. One's in a sewer, and the other one's in an up, uh, upright cylinder in the nuclear <laughs> reactor. Sure. Like, And he's easily defeated both times. Like We have no sense of threat from this guy. Yeah. It's terrible. Foo. It's foo, terrible. Foo, foo on that. Like... You know, when you compare it to like a, a a good superhero film from last year, um, or this most recently, the Avengers one, whatever it's called, Avengers three, uh, Infinity, Infinity uh, Wars, uh, shenanigans, Infinity <laughs> Secret Wars, uh, the, you know, then you have a character there who has like absolutely, you've got a built-in story. You've seen him, th- you know, through the movies, he changed. Oh yeah, through the movies. Oh yeah, he's radical personality <laughs> change through the movies. <laughs> personality, nothing li- nothing lines up at all. And also how he looks. Yep. But it's still, but he finally shows up. You you are kind of familiar with yeah. him. You know who he is. You 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 have a sense of that he's a bad guy because of because of uh, the uh, Gamora. Yeah. And that the whole relationship and stuff. Also, like that. he almost uh, uh, took over New York. Do we know? Th- oh yeah, that's right. That was yeah. his thing. So yeah, so you have a sense of his power and stuff like that. So when he comes in and. In the Infinity Wars, you're like, oh, this is one bad dude. But when Steppenwolf shows up in... Uh, yeah, without know, without any Steppenwolf like, songs playing in the yeah, background. you know that he's born to be wild. <laughs> he's going to take you on a magic carpet ride. Yeah. He's going to bring he's going to bring the pusher. Those are the three songs oh, I know by them, and that's dude. the end of it. Again, I know that... Uh, I, 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 yeah, I know... I know uh, dude. Uh, I know James Gunn is going to be like directing the next Suicide Squad movie. You think he wouldn't use all three of those songs? <laughs> He would 100%, and yeah. it'd be great. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, foo. Um, it, will Enchantress be in the next Suicide Squad? Uh, you're, you're asking the right guy. I don't know, probably. Yeah. I mean, I like the character. Oh, yeah. oh, by the way, hey, hey everybody, is, yeah. magic is real. Is, is that a big deal to anybody, that magic is real? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's well, magic, magic is completely real. We have other movies that... That is kind of like a linchpin to the. No, whole but thing. in the DC universe, yeah. you know, you've got Batman losing his shit because there's an alien doing stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, Batman, do you know that, uh, by the way, <laughs> just on the just on the side, yeah. uh, magic is uh, totally real. But shouldn't he know that? He's dealt with Batmite, who's a magical <laughs> being. Yeah. Right? I, I must have missed the deleted Batmite scenes. <laughs> that would be good. I'm just talking about the comics. Like, sure. he's. I. I I, I assume there's some sort of equation between the characters that the comic character isn't completely divorced from yeah, the no, screen. That's, that's, that's fair and fair. I also like that in Justice League, you know, this is a, like the whole thing about the whole thing about Suicide Squad is, yeah. so why do we need a Suicide Squad? It's like, well, what if, get this, <laughs> yeah. Superman crashes through the White House and like tries to kill the president. Yeah, we're dead. <laughs> yeah, there's nearly nothing we can do. <laughs> the also, b- also, by the way, nowadays you'd go like, well, I guess he had a reason. Um... <laughs> You gotta get right. it. Yeah. I don't know. Right. What would we do then? I don't yeah. know. Applaud? <laughs> I don't know. He's just you know, he else with Lex Luthor. He knows he yeah. knows he knows this shit. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. But like the whole thing is like, could you imagine if that happened? What we need yeah. are people that are the worst of the worst. Yeah. That we bring out in yeah. times of our greatest struggle. Wait, shouldn't we be locking these people up though? Yeah, we should. We're gonna lock them up. Oh, okay. And then we're gonna let them out. We're gonna let them out. We're gonna lock shouldn't them up. We? I don't know if we're this is. Let him out. I don't know if this is. We're gonna lock idea. him up and but let wait, him out. Why are we letting them out though? I we're don't let him out. Make, could you to fight the worst thing? Oh, the worst thing is 
uh, something that's coming up, like Superman killing the president. Is Superman the worst thing? Mm, Have we kind of established that he's kind of the best thing? I don't know. So anyway, the point is, <laughs> we got the worst of the worst guys. Yeah, okay. I, the, the, our only that, reason that. is Wait, wait. This. Could you explain to me who are these worst of the worst guys? Okay. Uh, Joker's girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> she hangs around with him and she does... Well, uh, She's, she does like some acrobatics. Is she the worst of the worst? Like, like worst judgment. Okay, well, wait, get this guy. Terrible, ba- terrible this judgment. This one guy. Okay, get get this. Okay, get this. Yeah, uh, he fires guns. Oh, really well. It's a really good shot. Okay. Yeah, so much they Wor- call him dead shot. Worst of the worst. So good. Worst of the worst. No, he's actually kind of a nice guy. Okay. Like generally, he's got a real code of honor. He cares about uh, his kid. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and even Harley's not too bad. She's got some things. Okay, wait. <laughs> okay. We got this gal. Oh, check this shit out. Sure. Listen. Her name is uh huh Katana. Oh, and she carries a. Katana. Whoa. Which is. That's quite a coincidence. Yeah, like calling someone sword. Uh huh. It's dumb. She, it's but who would, what would sword carry? Uh, well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, she's a good guy. Sorry, forget well, about her. Sorry, wait. Katana's a good. Yeah, she's a good guy. Oh, forget that. Oh, except okay. that her sword eats souls. Mm hmm. Okay. Is that her fault? I don't know. We never see it do that in the oh, movie. Okay. You'd think that would happen, right? That would be interesting. That would eat a soul when you go like her sword yeah. eats souls? Yeah, yeah. We're going to do that? But they fight blackberries who so don't have any souls. Uh, that's a problem maybe she talked to someone in the oh, it doesn't, doesn't matter okay so she's she's the worst of the worst okay wait a second okay dig this all right there's a guy yeah it's got flame powers oh doesn't like using them oh he's a pacifist okay that doesn't sound that bad mm, that's a good point all right check this shit out <laughs> okay we got a guy okay check this shit out mm-hmm. captain boomerang wait a second the children's cartoon uh, the children's uh saturday morning cartoon he was character? he was a ch- okay. uh, he was a children's answer yeah, yeah. that's part of his origin story okay. uh he could throw a boomerang oh is he the worst of the worst? What does he do? Those boomerangs. And? Robs banks. Mm-hmm. With his boomerangs. Okay. Yeah. How's that? I mean, that's not great. It's morally, cur- you know, obviously. But he sometimes fights the, the, the Flash. He sometimes fights uh-huh. him. Well, the Flash is a little annoying. Let's face it. Worst of the worst. Flash is the worst of the worst. So anyway, these are the worst yeah. of the worst. Oh, Killer Croc. Oh, what is this? This uh, is a guy who wears, think, uh, uh, he wears rubber shoes? No, no. Oh. No. He's, okay. he's, uh, he's, he's kind of like a crocodile. Uh-huh. How, why is he like a crocodile? Uh, he's born that way. Can't okay. help it. Oh, so just adapting to his environment as best he so can. So he had like a bad upbringing, and he's yeah. Oh, he does that? bite people sometimes. Well, but people made fun of him a lot when he's growing up. Yeah, so obviously he has a lot of anger, a lot of anger issues. Worse. Wouldn't therapy be better than throwing? Yeah. Him into also, a we game? it worked better when we hated sharks. Okay, <laughs> well, he's not a shark though. He's king, wait, not shark, king croc. That's right. Wait, yeah. is he king shark? Jesus Christ, who was it? Was it King Croc or King Shark? I have no idea. I don't even know what oh, you're talking about anymore. two of these. King Tut? Is that what you're thinking? Fuckers. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so when you get to Justice League. <laughs> Wait a second. And to the... Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just still... I'm still vague. on Who are we fighting with this with this group of, of uh, somewhat... Well, it feels like the world knows, or at least the government at this point should yeah. know, that you know they're being invaded by a guy called Steppenwolf with these parademons. Oh, okay. So Steppenwolf is coming. And he's related. How? Like, what does he do? Like, what does he want to do? He is a foot soldier for uh, Dark Side. Who's that? Dark Side is a like, guy. So we know there's Dark Side. We've seen Dark Side. We know that Dark Side is, is yes, there. because Batman had a dream once. <laughs> wait, but wait. So Batman the, had a dream. But here's the thing: you got to remember is in the middle of the dream. Yeah. Flash time travels. Oh, okay. Into his dream. Oh, all right. All right. To warn him oh. about. Because he's in his dream. Oh, fuck. Wait, so this might not be... So the dark side might not actually be It might just be a dream Batman's having. Yeah. Which but is that, also one of the reasons he wanted to kill Superman, because he had a bad dream about him. Oh, okay. So so Superman's dark side. So Superman's the worst of the worst. I just know they didn't call Suicide Squad when we, this shit was going down. It's like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Why do we even have him on fire? Can, can I ask a question? 
Why isn't Why isn't Superman on Suicide Squad? This is an excellent. Uh, okay, so he seems excellent. to be the worst of the worst. And he's a guy who doesn't mind uh, committing suicide every so often. <laughs> Every once in a while, every hundred issues or so. Yep. Does himself. Sorry, I just got to write to my sister-in-law. Okay. All right. Sorry. Brief pause. Yeah. And we're back. Hi, Dave. Hello, Ian. Anyway, you're right. Superman is the worst of the worst. (laughs) It's actually you're not wrong. Superman is kind of the worst thing that's ever happened to Earth. If he hadn't shown up, uh, aliens wouldn't be attacking. Everything would be fine. Things would be great. Batman would still be torturing people to death. Uh, (laughs) Maybe it's good that he showed up. Things would be great. Uh, And you're right. uh, Superman is the worst. Batman is the second worst. Mm. Wonder Woman's fine. Uh, Aquaman seems a bit of a douche. Sure does. Uh, Cyborg's okay, but Douche seems to be on the wrong yeah. team. He seems a bit of a douche, bro. Don't you think Aquaman? Oh yeah, but, yeah. I was gonna say it seems like a bit of a bro, but yeah, kind of yeah, a douche, bro. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see how that movie works. He's a guy who like walk away from you, take off his shirt, and then jump in the water and disappear. You're like, yeah, and he'll throw his bottle. He'll break his bottle break a bottle on, on the beach. <laughs> yeah, I'm like hey, like dude. hey, look after your, your, your Aquaman. Look after the Aqua. Yeah, you know, this is the this is the problem with Aquaman. Yeah, that when he when he broke the bottle. Yeah. outside it's like, dude. Yeah, you got like two things you do. One, you care about the environment. Yeah, and two, a bunch of fish shit. Like <laughs> those are the two things you do. So yeah. if if the first thing you see is like Aquaman like l- littering yeah. into the sea, <laughs> like dumping all his McDonald's out into the ocean, it's like, well, what's this shit? Yeah. That'd be pretty good. Actually. Yeah. No, I just had some whiskey, and now I'm going to go drunk swimming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, also, that's a nice fucking example, too, Aquaman. Like, I understand that you probably, you can't drown, and yeah. it's fine. Sure. But don't be, like, down in a bottle of whiskey and jumping <laughs> in the sea. His body metabolizes it differently. Oh, one second. Sorry. Time out. Anyway, long story short, uh, the whale represents death. Oh, glad to hear it. Uh, and the dolphin oh, sure. represents sex. Ah, always. That's why he's on the tuna fish cans. That's right. And that's why Ahab's always chasing that down as well. Mm. But that is a different book, my friend. <laughs> the whale mm. took his leg. Yeah. The dolphin took his honor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Poor P. Dick. <laughs> Call me Flipper. <laughs> so, uh, just to back it up a bit, I just want to say one other thing about Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> I know it feels like it was a, month, a few years ago. I was talking about you know it. what? It took so long. We're actually in 2049. We're actually in 2049 now. Uh, <laughs> it's a really beautiful film. Yes, it is gorgeous. It's uh, shot by Roger Deakins. Who's just like one of the best? He did Skyfall as well. Like that's just those films are just like stunning examples of of great cinematography. And the other thing, the great thing about Blade Runner is that it uses it uses um, miniatures. Like it's not it's not CGI. It's actual miniature work. So it's actually like old school models and stuff like that that are filmed. And it's just really impressive and looks beautiful. And you can tell the difference when you're looking at models from CGI. And maybe, you know, it's just because I'm, I'm you know, a, as old as the Ancient Mariner who told the story of Porpy Dick. But <laughs> it's, 
it's so it's you know it's just so there's something really wonderful about that kind of you know tactile element of miniatures to to cgi cgi just you know it it kind of glosses over it glosses over like the garbage that's thrown yeah. thrown onto like miniature spaceships where people are like you know pacing on little bits of like you yes. know the thing they use to close bread bags and stuff like that you know <laughs> just kind of put on it to you know and then just use whatever they can find they just glue onto it and it looks great you know because they they'll spray it all and it looks fantastic when it's all colored colored white and you know when you when they do it in cgi it just seems that they don't it doesn't have any of the look yeah. of like the Nostromo. It, feel, it feels or wrong, like but that. you can't yeah. even tell why. Yeah. You're just like, well, this looks right, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't, yeah, it's not the same. It doesn't yeah. feel the same. And then they can get close sometimes. Like we were putting down like Star Wars special effects, but there's spaceships and stuff like that. I mean, it does look fantastic, but the problem is, is it's, it's done so real that it, it, it's done so quickly that like there's nothing less, there's nothing less effective to build up tension than fat, like being fast. Like if something's really speedy, it, you're not going to be scared by it because you don't have time to to feel what you're mm. feel what's what what you should be feeling in that That's sequence. Why all the horror monsters walk slow? Yeah, or you know, or why people go down the stairs slowly in a horror movie? They don't just go do 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 and go tripping down the stairs because in both cases, like we know there's a threat there. They don't. But why are they walking down the stairs mm. like there is a threat? You know, they just the reason they do that is because they need to build up the tension yeah. that we're feeling, and what if. You know, that's why a movie, I know people love the movie, but why I don't think it's a success is the Blair Witch Project, because it's really not scary to me. Mm. Like when it finally. You got to bring a lot of your own stuff to it. When it finally gets to the climactic scene in the film, it's filmed, it's handheld, mm-hmm. it's running through a house, and there's interesting things to see. I love the foot, the, like the handprints yeah. and stuff along the wall and stuff like that. But it's done so fast that you can never be scared by it because it's just, there's no time for you to be scared. It's just like, Running down the stairs, running up the stairs, running here, running into a basement, and then it goes over. So, what? What happened? You're more like, what happened? Then you were like, oh, that was scary or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's just not effective to me anyway. It's not effective. Like I, I, I need that sense of of. How much did you know fear. about the movie when you went into it? Well, I'd seen a review of it by Roger Ebert, and I think maybe part of my problem with the film is I'd built up a different movie in my mind. Yeah. Okay. Because I saw this, he had been at Sundance. He saw the yeah. film there, and he did kind of like a uh, Sundance overview of it. And he didn't give away very much, but he just talked about the fact that these people were looking after, looking, you know, it was, it was footage that had been found <laughs> by a group of people who were searching for a witch. Yeah. And when I heard that, I just went, "That is fucking fantastic! Like that is a great idea for a movie." I can't wait to see this witch and see what <laughs> scary things happen and blah blah blah. And then the movie really builds it up. Like they're talking about, you know, they have people like describe this witch. And I didn't, you know, you don't realize at the time that they're just people like making it up on the spur of the moment. But there was one guy was talking about this woman and she has like hairy forearms and stuff like that. And you're like, that sounds so freaky. <laughs> I can't wait to see this freaky thing. Like this just sounds so crazy. And you never do see it. Yeah. And I do think that horror movies are stronger if they don't overshow the monster. But at some point, you have to show something of the monster. Like, Alien is scary. You don't see the alien for a long time through the movie, but at some point, you kind of have to see what the monster is. It's the end of the movie, and you never see what Alien is. You're going to be like, well, that was dumb. Like, well, how come we never saw the monster? Like, okay, she got away from it. Great. But what did she get away from? We have no idea what it was. What was so threatening? And, you know, that goes with lots of movies. I know that, you know, cat people didn't show the monster, and that's so scary, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's a movie from the 1940s. It's not that scary. Like, you can... Talk it up all you want, but it's not that scary. It's not a scary movie. It's from 1940s. They can't make it scary anymore. Like, we're past that movie as being mm. scary. So it's interesting that they don't show the monster, 
But it's not great that they don't show a monster. So you're thinking you can't get scared by a movie from 1940s? Yeah, how could you get a scared from a movie? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm going to throw that out to our audience. Is there a movie that's scary from the 1940s that you actually would find like to be yeah. scary? Yeah, I'd be curious. Like, I think to me with Blair Witch Project is you... Um, I can see if you're a kid being scared by those movies. I mean, as an well, adult watching those films. I think... I, okay, well, either you go, you you buy that it's real, in mm-hmm. which case it's freaky as hell. Yeah. Uh, or you, um, you're a horror fan and you're like, oh, here it comes. Oh, here it comes. And it's all suspense and it never gives you the relief. Mm-hmm. Never mm-hmm. gives you the relief. And then there's like just one weird, shocking kind of scene at the end where it's like, what? And it's like, you just you just play it all in your own mind. And it's go like, you can, it's the old thing of like, you can always Are you talking of, about Blair Witch? Blair Witch. Yeah. You can think of a scarier monster than anything we can make up. You, your idea of what that thing in the closet uh-huh. is, it's so much scarier than whatever we're going to open it up and Also, show we don't to. have the money to make that monster. Yeah, that thing's uh, freaky. Oh, so many, so yeah. many wieners. I mean, that's the real effect of that movie. They didn't have the money to make to make an right. And if they monster. did, what would they do? Like a hairy armed well, lady would come running out and just go, <laughs> like, what, what would be that? <laughs> you <laughs> could, you could do it in a way that would be scary. Those things can be scary, but also can... it has to play it both ways. It has to play it that it's real but not real. Like, it, like there's two ways you can take that movie. One is. There's a witch. Yeah. And she's been messing everything up. And yeah, uh, yeah. at the end, uh, you know, ooh, this all happened. Or it's Josh. Yeah. You can play it both ways. Yeah. But if you actually show a witch, yeah. no, now you've taken away I guess Schrodinger. I guess that's true. But I think, I still think the movie could have been done more artfully. And I think it's a very, it's a very artless film. And in some parts of it, it works, that works fairly mm-hmm. well. And other parts, it doesn't work at all. And I was really looking forward to it. I went and saw it in the movie theater. I really wanted, really wanted to. Could we admit it's better than Blair Witch 2? I've never seen any of the following films. There is only one good part of Blair Witch 2, mm-hmm. and it's it's where a person is being interviewed for a documentary and yeah. says, you know, uh, there are so many naysayers who just say nay. <laughs> is that what they said, really? Yeah. That's a, like, that's a great line. That's a great and line. Then, and the good. movie never lives up to, to that. <laughs> too bad. Was it in the trailer? That would really nope. disappointing. Uh, no, I just... And I know that there's people who love the Blair Witch Project, and I can understand why. Because in terms of like design, and you know, it, it's really it's a really well filmed. Those yeah. the, the sticks, like no movie ever did that before. Like have those little hex yeah. sticks and stuff like hanging from trees. And, and imagine if you're in the woods, you're like, oh, like it's, that it's would very, be creepy. Yeah, it is creepy, and and that's those are things I really enjoyed about it. But I just found overall that after a while, I just started getting bored, and the end of the film didn't really do anything for me let me, let me throw me, this out at you made me mad made like me mad a, i was a, like boo as a scary uh thing as a scary person you want to ask me as a, as a scary thing the movie could have done okay now imagine at the end mm-hmm. you finally see the witch now get me on this yeah that's where i'm going with this it's blair from facts of life <laughs> <laughs> that would have been perfect but she looks just like she did yeah in facts of life she yeah. hasn't aged oh. but wouldn't that be the blair bitch project she was a bit of a. Am I right, everyone? She was. Not she the learned a lesson person. that she forgot by the next week every week. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then her and Joe, I think they had an okay relationship. Uh-huh. Again, once Molly Ringwald was off that show, I was not interested. Once Tootie stopped roller skating, I was done with that That's show. That's right. That was season one. And yeah. then it was like all done. Yeah. Yeah. Screw that. Screw that. Exactly. Dave, enough talking about movies. Let's talk about movies. <laughs> Want to talk about some movies? Sure. Our uh, right. our uh, our listeners have uh, sent in lists of movies they have. and said, "Hey guys, yeah, what about this? What about movies? Oh, guys. what about movies, guys? That would be a good name for a podcast. Mm-hmm. What about movies, guys? Well, let me look back through my my many many emails. Okay, as I look for the last email we got that was about movies or the most the the next I should say the next email we got because we uh, last week 
Yes, sir. We talked about the uh, Ken and Grawls films. And he had a list. He said, it "Was this is the worst list ever?" He said, mm-hmm. "But I don't think it was that bad a list. I think nope. there were some movies that I, you know, I, I wasn't all on board with. But that's that's great. That's that's the kind of stuff. When are you going to make uh, Dave happy all the time? Yeah, that's, that's what I also asked for from from people. Uh, I asked for happiness, happiness. All right, and so our next our next t- list of ten movies. Yes, sir. Is from Greg Lomo. Lomo. I'm sorry, Greg. I've, I mispronounced or, or mangled your name on our question, question and answer For the show. first two years of the show, he called me Dwayne. <laughs> the bathtub, I'm drowning. And that was your full name, right? It's, uh, this is called List of Ten Movies. And Ian's, this is the one time Ian's not going to be upset to hear this, by the way, Greg. So you're, you are lucky nope. with your list this week. Hey, Dave. Yeah. What's the rush? <laughs> That's the thing. He says, fine. List of Ten Movies. Bracket with apologies, since it is really 13 movies. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Oh, you hear that, Greg? Normally, Ian would be throwing down his something in a pet. He'd be in a tizzy. Dear David and Ian. Hello. Here is my list of top movies. In no particular order. Okay. Comedies at the top. Sure. And dramas at the bottom. Well, then that isn't an order. That's what the order. fuck is going on? <laughs> in no particular order, then he states he the meant, order they're in. Not in What's like, this garbage? He meant not from one to ten. Oh, good then. Sorry, but I couldn't get it down. Dave stands corrected. <laughs> he couldn't get it down to just 10. And then he adds, love the show. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Because I love the show as well. Do we have to say we love him back? Is we, it awkward? We, we, we love what you too, we Greg. say? Oh, right, Dave said we it. Too, we love you too. I wish I knew how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> First one. Oh, these are all. This is great. Oh. Hmm. Except, oh. No, it's not a hmm. Oh, it's, it's a, a smoke too soon. Which one is it? Uh, but we'll go. We'll start. Um. First one, not necessarily the top, but this is the first one. Great film, Life of Brian. Yeah. Super good movie. And what was the original title? Uh, Jesus Christ, Lust for Glory. That's right. Which was a which was an offhand joke yeah. that Eric Idle made when someone asked what their next film project was going to be. He made that as an offhand joke. And when they went for their, when they thought about it, they thought, you know what, that would be a really good idea. And they went to the Bahamas, I believe. They went to the that area. They went to the right. the Caribbean, and they wrote the screenplay uh, together in the Caribbean. I guess they probably brought brought right. various ideas. And the first draft was all about uh, Jesus winning a surfing contest. And they went, maybe this isn't the best place to, ru- to the, write. The interesting thing about all three of the, the Monty Python books, that uh, the scripts, the script books, whether it's Holy Grail, Life of Brian, or Meaning of Life, is mm-hmm. they all are pre-shooting scripts. So, for instance, Holy Grail is the most like this, because Holy Grail has... It has the original draft, which incorporate, which has stuff where they're at Herod's department store, which is where the Holy Grail actually is. Mm-hmm. Which most of that material ended up in the the fourth season of Monty Python. There was an episode about ants, and it's like they ha- and it takes place in a department store, and there's a yeah. lot of jokes. That's yeah, a weird one. Yeah. It's a weird one, but it's a very good one. Uh, that was a season that John Cleese wasn't part of, but they were they used this material that was supposed to go into the Holy Grail, the, all the department store stuff. They took out of that, and mm. they they put a bunch of it into this episode and so that's interesting to read and then it has the shooting script of the actual movie and once again there are scenes in there that were dropped from the film so and you can see they're, they're crossed out like they have like they have the actual shooting script hmm. so they can see that there's someone who's made notations in it and changes and stuff like that and that's fun life of brian is a little different it is just a printed script but because it was done before the film came out you can there's some scenes that were cut out uh, so you can see, like, in when you watch the movie, there's that very mysterious scene where Eric Idle shows up as part of this group of kind of 
almost they have like they're almost like uh, Jewish Nazi characters. Like they're these soldiers, and they have the they have the Star of David, but it's very militaristic. Oh, okay. And they commit suicide in front of Brian rather I'm than I'm not remembering this, but okay. rather than save him, they all commit suicide. So those characters were they had like a bigger part of the movie when it, in the script, but that stuff was all cut out. And so that one little scene was all that was left of it. Mm. And it's very kind of inexplicable. It's probably I don't remember it because it doesn't make you much impact on you because they come out of nowhere. They do a very strange thing. And then the scene and you go, okay, <laughs> weird. Um, but I do, I do like that movie a lot. I think it's a very good film. And I, it's, it's weird when you see, you know, uh, John Cleese and uh, Michael Palin, you know, going up again. Who, who are they going up? The Bishop? Milk, yeah. There's the, uh, some, not, not the bishop, not the Archbishop of Canterbury. It's like the Bishop of Durham or some kind of thing like right. that. Right. Who clearly don't get the movie at all. And then Malcolm Muggeridge. Yeah, who, they think it's making fun of Jesus, and it's like, well, it's a, Jesus is one of the one guys that doesn't get make yeah. fun of at all in this. Like, comes across real good, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. in the in, in the story. It's it's yeah. weird. Like, if you if you if if you. It's if not you about actually, that. Yeah, it's about it's about people's reaction. It's yeah, a, yeah, and about how 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 myths start and how legends build up around something, and it's a really interesting exploration of of you know worship and and that sort of yeah there's nothing in it going god doesn't exist it's all a lie there's none of this yeah it's uh you know when you see jesus jesus is acting as jesus would yeah you know it's like which is smart you see the birth of jesus and it's in a it's a nativity scene it's like a crash with the with a with a glow like a halo glow around it and stuff like that and then the camera pans to brian's (laughs) thing and it's not not that at all it's it's you know it's a very you know, and then has the wise men show up at the wrong... It'd be interesting to make it's a great. list, by the way, of movies that start with something and then pan over to the side characters mm, as yeah. like a Harold and Kumar or something. We're just like, you think it's going to be these, but it's mm-hmm. actually going to be that. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, it's 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 sharp, very funny scenes. The flying saucer scene kills me. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, would you say it's their strongest movie? It's not my favorite one, but I think it's their most co- coherent, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I think life... I mean, I like I like Holy, Holy, Braille, um, Holy Grail so much... Partly just timeline. I saw it first yeah. before I saw Life of Brian. And it's got more of the Python, Python. It's craziness. more Python esque, and it's got Whereas yeah. This just has to be more grounded because of the material. That's right. Like Holy Grail is a very meta film, and and Life of Brian is a is a very like thematic film. It follows a through line. It has characters who develop, and you know, um, and for that movie, what's really nice about that film, there's a great documentary that was filmed while they were filming life of brian so they're talking about getting to use um i think it's was it franco zeffirelli someone had filmed a, a religious movie there and had left all the sets in tunisia and so the, the pythons were able to use all these great sets at no cost to themselves which is really great the other interesting thing about the film of course is that it almost wasn't made when emi found out when when there was a reaction to it when when the uh when the evangelicals got their their knickers in a twist, uh, they they dropped out of it, and so they took the funding away, and so the movie was was not going to get made. It was George Harrison who mortgaged his his beloved property. Wow, Friar Friar Park, I think it's called Friar, and he mortgaged the property and started Handmade Pictures and founded with Dennis O'Dell, who had been the um, who had been the head of Apple Movies when when Apple was a thing. And so George brought him in to, to act as like co-producer and kind of oversee the production of the film and sort of handmade pictures just to get, just so he could see Life of Brian. And that was basically his reason. When people asked why he did that, he said, I really wanted to see the movie. And luckily for him and them, it was a huge smash. And so, you know, everyone came out of it okay. But yeah, there's a great uh, documentary about the making of it. And it's interesting because, because of course, when... Um, 
when the Pythons did Holy Grail, Gilliam, Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones co-directed that film. But when they did Life of Brian, they kind of agreed that co-directing didn't really work out. And Gilliam had already had a taste of directing on his own. He'd done Jabberwocky. And I don't think he'd done Time Bandits yet, so, but he was probably on his way to doing Dude, that. Wait a second. Did Gilliam do Jabberwocky? Yeah. Did he? I yeah. thought that was a Terry Jones film. No, that's uh, Terry Gilliam. Okay. And that was his first movie. Like, And so... Yeah, and so I think that, you know, they pretty much, they worked fairly well together when they were doing Holy Grail, but I think by that point, Terry Gilliam really wanted to kind of be his own thing, and so he didn't want to, you know, kind of cool. So he kind of almost dropped, he kind of like, kind of took a side role in, in Life of Brian. He did like the art direction, he obviously did like the great opening titles to the film, which has the Shirley Bassey, James Bond-like yes. theme of Life of Brian. Uh, he did that. That weird alien s- section when like yes. Brian, but it's a great section yeah. in the film. It's such a fantastic comes moment. out of nowhere. Yeah, and but other than that, and then uh, Graham Chapman had had sobered up. He had stopped drinking by this for that film by that point of that film, and he seemed really with it. And he was the he was the uh, set doctor, so he was he did the first aid and stuff like that as well as being Brian. Wow, and uh, and also the guard who oh no was he he must have he was another character because he plays. Uh, Biggest Dickus, I believe, in the later section, because Michael could, Palin is, could is be. pilot. And then, wasn't yeah, sure if that was Cleese playing Biggest Dickus. Yeah, it's hard to remember now. Oh, what a great movie. I mean, <laughs> it's something that, which is like so obviously just like bathroom humor. It's so silly. It's still great. Like the section where, where is it Brian who set out to, 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 make, to do the graffiti? And then he runs into the, to the, uh, the Roman who's like, uh, you know, it's, really, it's like kind of teaches him his Latin grammar. Yes. And stuff, you know, and that, that's a fantastic Which I'm now sequence. thinking is not a million miles away from a scene from Canadian Bacon, mm. which is uh, which is John Candy doing some gra- anti-Canadian graffiti. And uh, and Dan Aykroyd shows up as a, as a cop and is like, well, you know, you got to do it in French as well. And you got to just make a, do the thing okay. on top. Okay. Yeah. But huh. cool. So we agree. Good movie. Good choice. Can yeah. the next movie live up to it? Let's well, see. Well, for me it does, because the next movie is... Monty Python and the Holy Grail. What? <laughs> All right, there we go. Can you have two Monty Python movies? All right. Well, I we have spo- we have spoke about that one already. We have spoken about that one anyway. But I mean, what more can we say about it? Besides the fact that it's a really, really good film. Right. Oh, by the way, the, sorry, the last film also has a great song that it uh, ends with. Always look at the bright side. Oh, yes. Look, look on the bright side of life. Yes, that was a great uh, idea. Holy moly, what a good song to end mm-hmm. on. What a catchy song to end on. Uh, has a stronger ending than, I would say, uh, Holy Grail, which ends with it just ends. It just ends. It's a good joke ending. It's a good joke ending. That movie is super jokey. And it's like kind of like the apothesis of that Python-esque, uh, like I say, it's very meta, like the thing of having the the is it the Swedish or Norwegian film board, uh, film board uh, well, no, tourism board advertising oh, during right. the credits. Yes. And then the credits are stopped. The people who did the credits are fired. And then they start the new credits and it's all llama based. Yes. And then it starts with that weird, you know, they're like, you know, like mariachi music starts playing and the screen is flashing in there. And, you know, that's, it's, you know, and then I, like, I, I can see why people feel taken out of that film because it has these weird sort of, you know, like the, the hist- historian talking who then is killed by a knight, <laughs> which, you know, it is, it's, it's sort of jarring. And I can see why people who just want to, I just want to watch a movie. I don't have to like think about what I'm watching, like having an animator die during part of the movie, so that that's how the the characters are saved. But I think that's part part of their idea of the film is it's not it's not really about Holy Grail, it's not really about King Arthur, it's about movies, and it's about 
you know, it's about storytelling and it's about history and it's it's whole it's it's a very layered movie yeah. that really doesn't you know it doesn't take itself seriously in any way at all. Yeah. And it's constantly questioning itself, you know, whether it's questioning the idea of coconuts and where coconuts <laughs> yeah. come from, or the best way of of you know is syndicalism and you know having some woman you know some whatever it is some you know waterlogged tart throwing you a sword is not the best. That's not a system. <laughs> Of you know of governance you know this is things like that where it's just constantly questioning the reality of the of the movie and of the time and it's just a really it's a really 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 meta film it's meta before meta was a thing yeah you know and it's kind of the all the apotheosis of that and even the way it ends with with the police interrupting the film and, and shutting it down and yet you still feel for the characters mm-hmm. which is really you know you've you've yeah. you haven't given them a lot of ground to stand on but you, you they pull it off the characters just so believe in what they believe that, yeah, yeah yeah that's that's true that's a really good point that yeah with Bedivere and yeah and when they reach the the end of the movie and they have to do the um, like I would have to do the yeah the test the, ta- the test the three questions, yeah. When them when some of them fail, you feel like oh yeah, gee, that's too bad. They won't be there for the end. And then when it ends, you go, oh, I guess they didn't really miss much. Yeah. Oh, that ending scared me as a kid. That's the funny that it's scary. Oh, that scared you? Yeah, it's yeah. done really scarily. Yeah. And then it's the same guy who's in the earlier part of the movie, and they tell you that too. <laughs> so it's really good because remember they go talk to that guy, and he's like sitting in a kind of tent, and they're talking to him, and then. And then suddenly he, they turn something. You know, there's a, a cut, and then it's all gone. He's gone, and ah. he's sitting in a field. And there's no, I don't there remember that. But that's good. It's really good. There's lots of little great parts of that film. I it's, have got to watch that one again. It's as a well. very, very smart movie. Very smart movie. Mm. I've read. The, I've seen that film. That's probably the film I've seen the, the most in my life. And I've also read the script many times because I I owned it as a kid. And you have not seen Spam a lot. The the live. I don't need version. to. Huh? I don't need to. Yeah, I've seen. Interesting. I've seen what I've seen. Okay. Number three. Yes, sir. In with a bullet. Blazing saddles. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I would say that's a really great, a really great comedy. Yeah. I don't know if I choose that one over Young Frankenstein, which I feel is kind of truer to what it's, it's a parody. straight parody. It's yeah, more of a with parody. A twist. Yeah. Whereas there's a lot of things you're going at with. Uh... But there's so many good parts too, and with um, Blazing Saddles, you really have to know your 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 Western movies. Like if you if you haven't seen Destry Rides Again, then you don't understand what Madeleine Kahn is doing in that movie. Why, mm. why is she German? Because she's Marlena Dietrich in Destry, in Destry Rides Again. But if you haven't seen that movie with Jimmy Stewart, you're and just Marlena enjoying Dietrich, her. Yeah, you can still enjoy her. If you, you can still enjoy her, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, if yeah, she's, you haven't got the double. Like you're uh, not like, layer. like because your question to yourself is why is she playing a German character? That seems kind of weird. But yeah, because she's being she's being Marlena Dietrich. That's also why she's singing in the in in her in her role. It's great. And I just love. I mean. I don't know if the movie would have been better if if Richard Pryor had played the role that went to. That's tough, yeah. Was it Cleveland Little? Is that who plays? I think so. Yeah, he does such a great job. He does he's a really such good job. A sincere. He's really smooth, sympathetic. Whereas, yeah. like, uh, if Richard Pryor's other films uh, are any indication, he would have played it scared. Yeah, because that was like his angle. That's Whereas his this thing, guy yeah. was not scared. No, he was cocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So how would how would Pryor have played it? And if Pryor had played it, would his other roles have all been scared roles? Yeah. It was just yeah. yeah. They did kind of a mean uh, in Living Color thing uh, about Richard Pryor, where it's like he's made another film and he's scared again. <laughs> he's scared of everything. It's like mm, yeah. I guess okay. It's, I guess it's true. That is that is his, that is his thing. I really like uh, Gene Wilder in that film. Yeah, the scene where he does the quick draw gag is just fantastic, fantastic scene. And um, yeah, uh, her, and also the cast. Harvey Corman as H- Hedley Lamar. Yeah, 
And of course, Mel Brooks is in it. And the the director and writer is in it as well. And yeah, it's just a it's just one of those movies that came. I don't know. I don't want to say it came at a time when there really because there's always there's always good comedians and stuff like that. But it feels like nowadays, I feel like nowadays movies that people are maybe too lazy to make really good comedies that they just they'll they just do easy things in the movie rather than do hard things. Yeah. Well, Mel Mel and they're not they're not edited. They're just. People are just, you know, we're just kind of improvising, and that's there's a more easier. there is a more casual style that's kind of prevalent now for yeah. certain things. Mel Brooks sometimes will say that you know uh, we could never get away with now doing that movie. Yeah, maybe that's and uh, I would say bullshit um, <laughs> because you know, and then he'll bring up like you know, just like that farting scene. Oh, so you can't do farting scenes now? It's like that's a scene I don't like. That's a scene I don't like. In that's the movie. fair. That's fair. But like he, yeah. you know, he humor brings guy, it so. up, and, and like you know, you might not be able to do this as a film. Now. Oh, sorry, Ian. Just sorry. Yeah. Sorry. There Sorry for go. that. But I'm totally not I'm totally not into bathroom humor. But fair you, enough. When you gotta go. You got you gotta do it. Yeah, please do go. Um <laughs> Bye, everyone. You know, when he's going, like, we can never do this on television. Yeah. Uh, sorry, on film. It's like, yeah. yeah, maybe, but you could do it on television for sure. <laughs> like, I look at that and just go, like, yeah, it's very shocking. And it's like, was there anything, you know, like, like but we do but it. It's not shocking in a, in, a, in a mean no, way. No, 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 yeah. no. But when he's saying, like, we couldn't get away with what we were doing, I don't know. we couldn't get away with that kind of language. We couldn't get away with that kind of bathroom humor. We couldn't get away with that kind of double entendre. No, what? We couldn't get away with, you know, all Never that stuff. Have you seen Family Guy? I no, guess. Have you seen Family Guy? Have you seen <laughs> South Park? Yeah. Have you seen, now I'm, I'm listing, uh, uh, you know, I'm listing anime things, but there's also live action things for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, they could. Like, I, I respect that, you know, it was very groundbreaking at the yeah. time. But don't tell me you can't do yeah. that stuff Have you now. seen Key and Peele? Have you seen... There's lots of shows that do... Uh, have you seen The Chappelle Show? Yeah, have you seen The Chappelle Show? Have you, there's lots of shows that do transgressive humor, mm-hmm. you know, and do it in a in a witty and, and, and fun way, the way that is. And I think that movie... What makes Blazing Saddles so good, though, is that is that its heart is in the right place. It's not a mean movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually a really... It's actually a really understanding film, you know, and that's what uh, you know. I like. I. I mean, obviously, the 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 whites in that movie, their reaction to the, having a black sheriff and stuff like that, are you know, that's part of the comedy of the, of the film. But I think at the time, that's that's an accurate reflection of of people like a a, a not a majority, but a big group of people mm-hmm. in the United States or in in Canada who they, that's how they would have felt, you know. And it's it's great to have those characters learn and you know and team up and have this you know it's a you know it's a movie that i just feel like it's it's you know even though once again it ends in a meta way it ends in like kind yeah. of holy grail it ends in chaos mm-hmm. and nonsense and kind of breaks breaking down, reality it breaks down its own walls from time from their time to our time yeah, now it yeah. is our time and we're in our reality yeah yeah i do like the idea of like uh, uh going into a movie theater to see how your movie ends it's pretty great yeah yeah yeah, like, no, what? It's, it's good all around. I mean, Mel Brooks had a real run there. Uh, I think the Twelve Chairs, the Producers, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and High Anxiety are all really great films. So. Yeah, I might not put High Anxiety on there, but yeah, then you'd be wrong. Mm. You'd be wrong because okay. it's a really good film. Like it's a really good, fun p- parody of Hitchcock. And I think mm. you know, if you're a Hitchcock fan and you watch High Anxiety, you're like, whoa, this is this is some good stuff. Yeah, I think like I, you don't like the scene where he's getting strangled and, and he's and Madeline Kahn gets cold. That's it's pretty good. Uh, I just think like it, the other ones oh, are. Horace Leachman in that movie are more so good. well. Horace Leachman's always good. Uh, uh, it, the other ones are more grounded to me, and mm. so you get. To, whereas, I mean, that's whereas High Anxiety okay. starts in like sure. crazy town already. Like it's just like immediately okay. and okay. we're all nuts. Uh, maybe that's a that's a good point. Maybe that's maybe that's a good criticism of his later movies. 
that there's they stop being grounded after a while and this kind of went into crazy town all the time dracula dead and loving it is that an example of that yep everyone's really trying to act the fuck out of that movie yeah. like they're really trying except for leslie nielsen which they went like act funny it's like don't act funny yeah leslie nielsen Play it dry. Yeah, play it played, straight. Yeah, play it straight. straight. And also, he's like, straight. Leslie Nielsen is Dracula. Is he, though? Is he? <laughs> is that who we're going with with Dracula? Leslie Nielsen? Okay. But don't then make him, oh, you know, he's got the fart machine out during his breaks. Oh, no. Don't do the Mr. Magoo acting, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Nielsen. It's fun to act like this. I know, but it's not funny. Yeah, it's, it's not, not funny. funny. It looks like you're having fun, but it's not funny. Let's just... Keep it tight. Keep yeah. it packed tight. To yeah. get, keep your powder dry. Yeah, somewhere in there, uh, Brooks lost his uh, mojo. It happens. Yeah, because you get tired. And then he went on, but he did a Broadway play, and that uh, that did that did well. So he's fine. Okay, I'm gonna look up the next film. Please do. I'm gonna tell you what it is, and if you can tell me which movie it is. Okay. Because it's the Return of the Pink Panther. The Return of the Pink Panther. Oh, that is tough. Which to... one is that one? I think that is the one where he's where you get the really cartoonish. Clouseau for the very first time, I believe. I believe that might be the one where the uh, where his boss like vanishes at the end with a with a disintegrator ray. Um, I'm not sure. Return of the Pink Panther. No, it's not. This is actually a really good one. I've only seen it once. I saw it as a kid. It's the first one I saw. Okay. So this is the one here. I'll just read the description. Please do. After he lets a robbery transpire right under his nose. The ever-bumbling Inspector Clouseau is suspended by Chief Inspector Dreyfus. But when the famed Pink Panther diamond is stolen from the National Museum in Lugash, the Shah requests Clouseau's assistance, and he is reinstated. Clouseau quickly concludes that the thief must be the infamous Phantom, against whom he has a grudge, but the Inspector's instincts are, as usual, wrong. Right. Now, this, this was the first time, though, he was the cartoony Well, this is Clouseau. the this was one, yeah, this was the one after the Alan Arkin one. Oh, okay, but so, but Shot in the Dark, he's pretty cartoony, I think. Yeah, but it's still, it's still pretty, it's still fairly grounded. Okay, you know, whereas this is the first one where he's like, re- like when yeah, you think, where he has when Kato someone's, and all, when someone's yeah. doing an impression of him, yeah, this is what he's do- okay. doing. They're not doing from the original Pink Panther, yeah, yeah, though. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, Shot in the Dark, it's okay. Yeah. Then there's this, and yeah, this is where oh, this, this is where. Yeah, he's doing it. this yeah. is where you start to see the inspector winking his one eye because yeah. he's losing it, and yeah, uh, or Inspector Dreyfus. Yeah, it's uh. It's like I say. It's the first one I saw. I saw it as a very young kid. And basically, I was um, not super young because we were living in Delta then. So I probably grade six. I would say grade six. That I saw this movie. That's about a good age to see. It's it. a good age to see a movie like this. And I just remember like my mom and dad had friends over, and my brothers were gone, and so I was just by myself at home. And I was just kind of, I was just kind of stranded downstairs in the TV room because I couldn't go upstairs because there was adult stuff going on. Not. There wasn't a key party or anything, but you know, it was just boring. I don't want to get, you don't want to, uh, adults talking to you. You're, you know, no. So they're like, oh, David, how's it going at school? And blah, blah, blah. Shut up. And also, I was a really nervous kid. I couldn't talk to adults. I right. would get super nervous. Now, just for a quick thing, yeah. you're sure it wasn't a key party? Yeah. How? Oh. My parents. How do you know? Because they're my parents. They don't have keys? Well, yeah, they had car keys. What year was this? <laughs> 79 they were fucking no they weren't yep i was long past that my parents were not of that generation uh i mean they fucked at least three times because mm-hmm. there's three. For, for the comedy of it well yes that's right <laughs> luckily i wasn't i wasn't the last one born so i can i can agree with you i was the first one i was not funny one who was born first uh i was the setup the rest 
That's just a setup. Uh, and, then, and then by the time your third brother was born, they went, the prestige. Mm, <laughs> like, mm. what? I don't know. That's cool. No, so I, I watched that movie and I was blown away by how great it was. Like, I just thought it was yeah. the greatest thing ever and just loved it so much. And what always bugs me is I've never seen it since. Like, they always play, oh. they always play the Pink Panther Strikes Back, which is the one, yeah. which is the one with the, the display. Where it's even more over the top. It's really kookily over the top. Like, maybe a little too much over the top. And that's the last one that's good, I think, as well. That Strikes, strikes Again or Strikes Back or whatever. Um, strikes again. I really like a sh- I really like a shot in the dark. I think that's very very good, and okay. I really like the Return of the Pink Panther, and I quite like uh, the Pink Panther Strikes Back. But all the rest of them, the first one is, is okay. It's just it's so it's just kind of it's kind of huh? dry. Huh? It's kind of a dry movie. Yeah. The the cartoon illustrating the, the the cartoon Panther stuff at the beginning of the film is better than the movie. Oh sure. In the first one, but uh, and the cartoon the, stuff is always good. The Inspector Cruzo with Ellen Arkin is okay, but I just don't think he's the right actor for that role. He's mm-hmm. too he's too aggressive for that role. Mm. Like, he need, he he's not he's not like a lovable bumbler like Cluzo is. He's 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 a different kind of character, and it's not. I don't think it's quite the same. And it's weird that they did that movie also because it's also Blake Edwards' film. Yeah. So it's strange. Like why? What? Anyway. Well, you're only two two you know two films deep. Uh, with the character trying to find its own, no, it's lights. the third film. Well, I know you'd already been two films deep, like with the oh, character okay, where you I decide see, yeah. to make the choice, yeah. And also, like, wasn't a shot in the dark like a play, and they added Clouseau to it. I don't know. If that's I think the it case. was. I think it was. Okay. So they were just trying to find a home for yeah, Clouseau, and yeah. it was like, mm-hmm. and then by and then and by I've, this one, this is where it was like, ah, yeah. we gets it. And also, Blake Edwards and and Sellers did not get along. Oh, so they uh, they uh, that made a bit another reason, and but when probably when he saw the results of of. Uh, just the Pink Panther, yeah. right? Or Inspector Clouseau, is that what it's called? Just Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. The Ellen Arkin one. I think he was like, mm, let's go back to the funny guy. Yep. This is the one. And then thing. no one ever heard of Alan Arkin again. That was the end of him. Done. Yes, he's done. Poof. He never made Freebie and the Bean. Nope. <laughs> Very good. What's the next can movie? Can I just say one thing oh, about Blake Edwards? David, you can say whatever you wish. Which is, here's an interesting thing. Like, I'm a big fan of uh, old radio shows, as you know. Right. And one of my favorites is Richard Diamond, which is a Dick Powell um, radio show. As he plays a, a singing a singing private detective. Mm-hmm. And your husband's dead. He'll I'm sing, sorry to inform me that your husband's he'll dead. Sing to he his, cheated on you and now he's gone. He'll sing to... Is it Ethel Merman who's playing this? Yep. He'll sing to his uh, socialite girlfriend. He'll, he'll play Tinkle the Ivories at her, at her apartment and sing to her. And she loves it very much. Ellen. And so... Um, but a lot of them are written by uh, Blake Edwards. Mm. So I was saying that's kind of interesting. So he started off as a radio, like writing and radio, oh, and then interesting. Worked, worked his way into doing the movies. Anyhow, so that's worked, my Blake. Worked his way into pitches. I just a little, a little bit of trivia there for you all who probably aren't a, a old time radio aficionado like I am, because I am a man of many facets, <laughs> all of them nerdy. Number whatever it was, number four. Number four. Just let me turn to my phone. My phone is going to tell me that I'm. <laughs> I went and looked at the. It's, the Pink Panther, so now I need to go back to my <laughs> this one, and it's going to tell me that. All right, this is half of a good movie. Ah, I should say it's three quarters. Julie of a, and Julia, three quarters of a good movie, and then it falls apart at the By end. By the way, Julie and Julia is half of a good movie. No, I don't know. I've never seen it. Yeah, the Julia Child stuff is great. Oh, okay. The, the stuff, Julie stuff is ugh. the stuff about Julio in the playground. What about that? Okay, hmm. not as good. Uh, Stripes, Stripes, the movie with Bill Murray and Hill Ramis. Absolutely, and John then Candy. we end it when they graduate. The end. Yeah, that'd be good. and we're done. That would be good. Good movie. Yeah, quick yeah. brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. Sir, credits. <laughs> <laughs> done. Play whatever rock and roll bullshit you want right yeah, now. Yeah.
Yeah, Louie, yeah. Louie. Fine, good. We're, we're out. That's great. Let's play, let's play some more music from your youth. For sure, us, please. done. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good movie up until about uh, the three-quarter mark. Yeah. The other scene I don't like very much is the uh, kind of make-out scene in the house with, with the two female MPs, with PJ Souls and uh, I don't know what the other ladies, actresses' oh, name okay. is. I don't really like that part of the movie either. I just don't find Bill Murray or Hill Ramis believable romantic leads. <laughs> and that whole scene just doesn't, it just feels like, well, this was in the movie because you should have a romantic part to the movie, but it's not really that great. And I realized that when I was 13 years old. And if a 13-year-old me can realize that, anyone should be able to realize that when you see Yeah, I like the opening with him on the as a cab driver and just abandoning the car. Yeah. I like him. Hill Ramis can't, is an unhappy teacher. Trying to do some push-ups and, mm. uh, and like, I got to get in shape, better join the army. It's like, that seemed to be the thing with both like Bill Murray and John Candy was like, hey, you know the best way to get in shape? Join the army. That's the best way to get in shape? <laughs> it's the worst way. Have you heard of a gym? <laughs> What's the okay? You could you could end up going yeah. to war. I go to a place where people brainwash you and turn you into a killing machine. Yeah, that's right. Hooray. You could lose a whole bunch of pounds in limbs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, John Candy's also very charming. Uh, John Larroquette sadly was drunk uh, off his nut for most of it. He was uh, fine in the movie. He seems fine, but you don't yeah. know. Uh, no. You know, he he can't remember doing it. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Huh. And uh, yeah, he has a pretty good role. He's a, he's good as a jerk. Yeah, he's good. He he uh, he watches uh, some women shower because it's that it's a great time. scene. And when I was thirteen years old, that was one of the greatest. It movie was scenes it I was one seen. of the greatest scenes uh, <laughs> when you're thirteen, and then when you're like a little older, you're just going, "What's this doing in the movie? <laughs> this is really you know why? Because they wanted thirteen year old youths to grow that movie. Yeah, I guess you got to throw. I that saw that movie that. twice in in the theater. The third time I I paid for it, but I actually went and saw Heavy Metal. <laughs> I didn't see it three times. I told my mom I saw it three times, but I saw Heavy Metal. Because it was okay. restricted, and I couldn't buy a ticket for it, but I could buy a ticket for a different movie, sink into the theater, and then watch some people look around for their seats and not be able to sit down. <laughs> Oops. But yeah, that's how I saw. Very that's nice. how I saw Stripes. But yeah, I would say uh, Stripes. Uh, Stripes is Warren Oates is great in it. It works. Who? Warren Oates is great as Who? the See? the sergeant. Oh yeah, does it? Yeah, has that good uh, confrontation scene with uh, Bill yeah, Murray. It's really good. Yeah, they th- they throw a little drama in there. It's and he's really good. He's I, scary. And this is the thing. It's like. Because he's it, pre Arlie Ermy. What is Arlie Ermy? He's the mean guy in uh, Full Metal Jacket. He's Very good, yes. And then he became the guy. Yeah, uh, like they, that scene is such a good scene that it changes the tone of the movie in a positive way. <laughs> so when they do go into the let's beat up, you know, Russia or whatever, it's just like God. It just it's like no, you were this movie. Why do you have to go and be this movie? Yeah, yeah. it is a very very different movie. And I, hey, man, I like a I like. Uh, what's this? The Joe Flaherty. But uh, when I see a Joe, him, I'm like, oh no, Joe, don't be in, don't be here. Be earlier <laughs> when we were. Uh, when it was fun. I don't remember Joe Flaherty. I, but like I say, I've He's, I've watched uh, that film. The Border Guard, who's uh, okay. reacting. Yeah, okay. I've uh, you know, I've probably seen a bit of that film on TV and stuff, but I never watched all of it just because I just can't. Yeah, you it doesn't work for me anymore. No, the second they graduate, call it. Doesn't really work okay. for me anymore. Number five. Number five. This is oh, I love this movie. Galaxy Quest. Mm. I just watched it a little while ago. That shouldn't have worked, and it did. Shouldn't have worked, and it did. It shouldn't. It shouldn't work with that actor in the lead. Nope. But he does a really good job. Nope. He doesn't do a really good job. No, no. I mean, no. no it shouldn't work. No, it shouldn't work. But he yeah. does a really good job. Yeah. In Tim Allen isn't charming. No. But, but somehow. But when you put him he, in a movie, he, no, no. Here's the thing, though. He is arrogant. Yeah. Tim Allen comes across as arrogant, so he channels the Shatner. He can do a good enough Shatner. that you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Skirney Weaver is great. Uh, Alan, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alan 
Mr. Potter. Alan Rickman. Rickman. Yeah, yeah he's good, really man. good. Yeah. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's just, great. Just, uh, just great. Is the guy who should be killed? Yeah. And he knows it? And Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub is fantastic. Everyone's he's... delivering. Everyone's playing oh, on all cylinders. And it's fun to see Sigourney Weaver. Like, I know she's in a comedy in, in Ghostbusters, but she doesn't really get, get to do any comedy in that yeah. movie. But in, in uh, Galaxy Quest, she gets to, like, use do some of her comedic chops in that film. And I really I think that's great. I, I think she's, you know, she's a good... Let me just, oh, let me just add. Because um, um, Greg has been making a few comments, and I, I missed them. I'm sorry. Okay, please. So for Return of the Pink Panthers, he yes. said, Peter Sellers at his best. Okay. I would say that's All true. All right. Well, I think well, well if you don't count Doctor Strange Love, but okay, yeah, sure. Uh, stripes, especially the first half. Yes, we agree with that. Galaxy Quest, he says, I'm a Star Trek fan. But love this send-up of the whole sci-fi convention and aging actor scene. Another uh, Justin Long is in that movie mm-hmm. in, a, in a little role as, yeah, a, as, as a nerdy the, kid. Yeah, as the nerd who actually kind of saves the day. Yeah, yeah, that's another great thing. Uh, yeah, I and I love um, that Canadian actor who who usually plays like serious kind of roles, but he plays the alien, the yeah. kind of head alien in that movie. Uh, he does a really good job in a it. A lot of good heart that that adds mm, to it. Yeah, special effects work. It's a it's a really well done film, and it's it's not obvious. And I don't know why I saw them. I went to see the movie theater, and I was just so pleasantly surprised by it. I think there was a time when I went and saw a lot of movies in the movie theater. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason. And Lisa and I used to, yeah, we used to drive out to Abbotsford from her home and her parents' place on the farm. We just drive. In those days, the dark, deserted road of 16th Avenue, which was no one on it. There was like it was all it was all like two way stops all the way to 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 um, Bradner, then turn up Bradner, and then go down <laughs> Fraser into Langley. It was really good. And yeah, it was. Uh, we would go see a lot of films, like kind of weekly. We'd go see a movie. Yeah, nice. And that was this one. I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And we went and saw it, and it was just like, bong. This is really, really well yeah, done. Yeah, it's a high concept they're able to deliver on, yeah. which is always a treat. So rare. Uh, how about another high concept film that they really deliver on? All right, are we off comedies now? Are we We're not off drown? comedies. We're not off comedies. Oh, okay. This is the last comedy. Uh, this is a surprisingly, surprisingly thoughtful romantic comedy, and it's Groundhog Day, mm. which I would agree with. I think it is a surprisingly thoughtful. You know what? Romantic Here's what I'm going to say about Groundhog Day for me. Uh, by the way, did did Harold Ramis direct Stripes? Yes. He wrote so this is two Harold Ramis, two Harold Ramis on, films yeah. on the list so far. Um, technically, I acknowledge that Groundhog Day mm. is a very good movie. But you don't like it? No. Why not? Because I can't stand repetition. Oh. I hate repetition. Okay. So much. I like it repetition. It makes me nauseous. I like repetition. So, yeah, so the movie makes me quite nauseous oh, to watch. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that film. I love, I like, I like the stages of the movie. I like, it's basically the stages of, of acceptance is what it is. Cause he goes through denial. He goes through, he goes through despair. He goes through all these things of, of finally coming out the other end of it, you know, and it's just, it's, it's interesting to watch a character have the opportunity. I think lots of us would love this opportunity to, to be put in a situation where you have no choice but to improve yourself. And he really does improve himself in weird ways, you know, like... He learns to know, play the piano. He learns to play the piano. He becomes this really empathy, generous person. Yeah. He he saves people's lives as much as he can. He doesn't always, which is also a good learning thing to learn that you can't do everything. Yeah. You know, and it's... He uh, helps those ladies with their tire, you know, the little old ladies. Uh, he buys insurance from that really annoying guy, but makes his day. You know, yeah. he has a one, one chance, you know, basically that movie is like... You have one day in your life to make a difference, and that and that may be every day. Yeah. But that every day may be your last day to make a difference in someone's life, and that movie is about that. You know, just your chance to make a difference in someone's life, to impress someone, to be kind to someone. To those are so many 
small moments in your life where you don't, you know, if you let those moments slip by, they'll never come back again. Yeah. And I think that's a really great moral to a movie and really heartfelt. And also, you know, his romance with, um, with Andy McDowell's, yeah, McDowell's character is also really cute. Chris and, Elliott also does a nice job. And Chris Elliott does a really good job in that film, too. Mm-hmm. I've been loving Chris Elliott in uh, Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. He's really good in that show. He's just a dumb guy who has a heart, but has trouble because he's dumb. <laughs> it's hard. Have you seen them on the show? I've seen uh, them on the plane. I will watch them on the plane. Oh, okay. I really enjoy it. So it's on Netflix right now, so you can watch till you're I don't know if it's on American Netflix because it's a Canadian show. But it's fun to watch the Levy family act in their yeah. act in the heart suit. Well, it's a lot of eyebrows. A lot of eyebrows. Well, not just eyebrows, because the his daughter's also in the show. Mm. She's the waitress in the or the owner of the the cafe. Oh, okay. So Twyla, the character Twyla. So yeah, it's just sort of fun to watch. But anyway, that's off the off the topic. But um, yeah, just watching um, yeah, him. This you know, like first he's a predator, you know, and he's a creep, and then he learns to become a human, you know, and to not be a creep, and it takes him a while to learn that, you know. And it's really, it's, it's interesting. It's a really good movie. I could watch that movie. Speaking of repetition, that's a movie I've seen a few times. I do. Really Have you ever the seen the theories about how long he actually like spends in the ground? Oh, yeah, it's a couple hundred years. Yeah, I would think that's probably right to learn. Yeah. To go through everything that he does. Wow, that would be. <laughs> but at the same time, what an opportunity. Mm. That wouldn't happen. It doesn't happen for everyone, you know, like obviously not. But I mean, what an opportunity that would be to, to do that. How terrified would he be the next time he hears the I got you, babe? Like oh. The song just comes on. Well, it does come on in the morning, right? Yeah, but like you know, when the he comes next, out of the, the couple, of, you know, yeah. over the next couple of days, he hears mm. it again. Just, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would have to be in that. Sit- uh, I don't know. Um, some interesting choices here. Some of them, a lot of them, I haven't seen. I'm sorry. Okay. The first one is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, which I have seen. And I do love that film. Yeah. Um, the non-linear element. Uh, I think that's what makes it so great yeah. because you know you, you get, bring back a character you killed. You bring back a character you killed. But what's more important is that you you see the choice you 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 see the result of the one character's bad choice when he could have made a choice to get to leave the life like Jules yeah in the restaurant says you know what I've had enough of this shit like I realized that I'm a bad guy and I don't want to be a bad guy I want to be a good guy and 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 Vinny has that choice he could make that choice as well and he doesn't and but we know that the we already know what the result of that choice is right. that he's by himself Jules isn't with him. He's a heroin addict, so he does what all heroin addicts do, which is die on a toilet. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really interesting, like the way the movie uses time to to make make a thematic point. I really like that about it. And I think it's everything that was great about Tarantino at that time. That you know, it's full of great di- like great moments of dialogue. Christopher Walken's watch scene, the cab scene with Bruce Willis and and the the lady cab driver, the and just weird, weird elements too, like the geek scene, mm-hmm. you know, the with gimp. or the gimp scene. Sorry, the gimp scene with Marcellus yeah. and and him and 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 Bruce Willis's character, the Uma Thurman doing the L seven thing. Oh, you Thurman in dots, like yes. in the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah, and there's so many little little elements in that movie that that I remember seeing it and just being so blown away by by you know what what it, what it was. And I know a lot of people, you know, go, well, you know, it's not all Tarantino. I mean, Roger Avery worked in that script, but it's kind of like, did he? Because what's Roger Avery done that, you know, like Tarantino went on to do like mm. several great movies after that, you know, movies that use all lots of elements of those films in them. Maybe not the time trickery, but lots of elements of those films with long dialogue scenes that build up incredible tension and, you know, complicated story structures and, and you know, like... 
he did those but it's just so it's weird yeah, that the only uh the only really bad thing about pulp fiction is uh is all the knockoffs that came out afterward mm. people like i get it no you don't no you don't understand oh all. no you don't it's, it's about guns right Mm-mm. Well, it's not about guns. Yeah, and also a uh, really brief cameo by Julia Sweeney. I'm like, hey, yeah, Julia that's Sweeney. fun. That's a fun little role yeah, there. there. The girlfriend yeah. of Mr. Wolf. Yeah, and it's uh, is it Phil Lamar that gets his uh, yes. head blown? Yeah, yes, that's also very good. Yeah, that's uh, and Frank Whaley gets is the guy who gets killed in the and he went on to do some interesting things. And yeah, it's just uh, it's it's you know it's one of those one of those cultural moments that really kind of defined film for for a, a short. A short time, but a important time. But it was also something good. It was really good. Yeah, it's yeah. good that it was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. I could, I could watch that film again, to be honest with you. And I have watched it a few times. One of those movies that I like a lot. Another movie that this is a movie that I'm. I'll often think about. It'll be like, ugh, that movie. Who wants to see that movie again? And then it comes on TV, and I'm like, oh man, I can't stop watching this movie. It's so darn good. And that's Casablanca. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is this a great? It's a great story. It's a great everything. Everything about that movie shouldn't work to me. Why? What ask? Because it's corny. It's kind of a corny movie. All right, but it it's so well written and it's so well acted. Like you know, like when you hear about what the alternate cast was going to be, Ronald Reagan and blah blah blah, you're just like, oh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, like what? Because it, it was originally going to be. A, it was originally like a B movie. Like kind of like this is a knockoff. We'll just do it really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then somehow Humphrey Bogart got attached to it, and then Ingrid Bergman was in it, and Claude Rains was in it. And then suddenly you have like this stellar cast of people. And I can't remember the actor who played um, Ingrid Bergman's husband, but he was also like a really good, like popular actor and a good actor who did a lot of stuff. Uh, And yeah, it's just a movie that you just start watching it and you're just drawn into this world. And it's just a really gripping film and it's just so well done. And once again, a very, a movie with a lot of heart, like a really sympathetic film. All the characters in that film are sympathetic, you know. Even even the French police police guy yeah. who's you know his enemy at first, and then they start they could become. It's such an intimate environment, like you're mm. really tight and uh, yeah. To, to just yeah. No, it's great. I don't think uh, we're the first people to say Casablanca's great. I think we're the first. I think we're the first to realize. Good for us. How great Good for it us. Is. I give that movie a C minus. I like it that much. Um, next film. I'm sorry. Now we're going off into movies I've never seen. Oh, one I've seen. The other ones I have not seen. Uh, the Commitments. We talked about that a little yeah. while ago with a Roddy Dowell Say book. Say and Black and I'm proud. A... <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe, I think it's because I don't like U2. So I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to see a movie about an Irish band. Yeah, they're not U2. I know, but it's just kind of this sort of weird I think you'd thing. like it. I do think I'm sure like I would it. like it, yeah. but I'm, I've just never, I don't know, it's just weird. Yeah. I went, I did not see it and I didn't see it. And that was the end of it. But we've talked I, about it before. I saw it. I bought the CD. I'm glad that I'm glad that Greg likes it. Here's an interesting film. Here's a film that we only saw in high school, in high school class. Oh, was it that one about like English men's class. bodies and women's bodies? And that's right. It? This is called. So it's a, you're about to spurt. <laughs> and we mean the acne on your face. What? Um, you could is, actually take that a lot of ways. A lot of ways. That's <laughs> uh, Romeo and Juliet. The Franco, uh, the Franco Zeffirelli one. Yeah. Not Romeo plus Julia. The Laz, the Laz, no, Baz Luhrmann one. Yeah, <laughs> so not West Side Story, the one with singy singing. Yeah, this is the, this one's from 68, which is really surprising to me. I'm going to tell you something, Dave. Yeah. Never seen it. You didn't see it? In, oh, you, did, you skipped out that day at school, so you didn't see it? I guess not. Never saw it. It's, I actually like it quite a lot. I think Don't it, tell me the ending. Oh, well. I hope it works out for uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. What happens to the nurse? Um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a really well done film. It has Michael York. 
as Mercutio, which is a very yakky part. Mm. Like, and he's very good in it. A little yakky yorky. He's, yeah, he's very good in that part. And uh, it's, I can't remember the name of the actors and stuff, in it, but it's, it's like, I think it's the, I do think it's like the best retelling of that story. Because, although I don't think the Baz Luhrmann one is terrible, I just don't think it's quite as successful at portraying the young love of the, the Zeffirelli one. Like the Zeffirelli one is- It's more about style. It's just like, well, they're both about style, but the yeah. Zeffirelli one is like, it's filmed in this way that it just looks like you're looking at a blur. Mm. Like everything is so soft focused, the whole movie, everything, except maybe the fight scenes. But the, like with the love sequences between Romeo and Juliet, it's just filmed in this very soft focus way mm. that really just makes this sort of like obvious love. And and the characters are feel young. The characters feel, you know, like they feel who they are in the movie. These inexperienced lovers who want to love but don't know how to love. Okay. And, you know, and it's and it's just a disaster because of their parents and everything. And it just, it's uh, yeah, it's quite a good film. As you know, the Shakespeare play is pretty good, so the movie's pretty good. Yeah, too. he's got some hits. He's he's done some good stuff. Uh, this one I have not seen. Doctor Zhivago. I haven't either. I'm so sorry. Good I'm, soundtrack. I'm sorry. I've not seen Dr. Zhivago. I've not seen the next one either, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, it's I know so that's good. Crazy. Oh, I know it's, it's crazy so that great. I've seen it. I know. Oh, my gosh. Come I've over sometime and watch Lawrence of Arabia. I've we seen, watched that movie quite a bit. I've seen Bridge on the River Quiet, and I really do like that movie a lot. And I'm a fan of David Lean. Sorry, is Lawrence of Arabia on this list? Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's the final one. All right. Dr. Zhivago, which is a David Lean film. Right. It was this big hit. And I think it was, what came first? Did Dr. Zhivago come, and then it was Bridge on the River Quiet? And then it was like a four-year wait for him to do Lawrence of Arabia, partly because he wasted a bunch of time trying to get a mutiny on the bounty made. Dave, my initials are IB, not IMDB. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, somewhere, somewhere, I'm not too sure how it falls in the timeline. But but yeah, I've always wanted to see uh, Lawrence of Arabia. My, but uh, well, I just You're never... in for a treat. Let's go. Because it will keep me from moving things. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we have to go moving. I, I actually got the deluxe like edition for my oh, life. You know, we, nice. we liked it so nice. much. We watched it like early on. We were dating like okay. uh, as a New Year's Eve movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Omar Sharif, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's just really, really good. Like, he's in Doctor Zhivago as well. Yeah. So. The, the movie. He's also in Top Secret. Uh, the movie. Uh, <laughs> he also writes. A, he used to write a bridge column. Um, I remember that. They. Yeah. It just it clicks along. And then it gets, ooh, and then it goes, ah, and then it goes, oh, and it zigs and zags. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll have to watch it one of these days. Sure. If you ever want to watch it over here, we will uh, happily watch it. Did you know that, uh, did you know that um, Peter O'Toole is in that movie? But did you know that he got a nose job? <laughs> I was going to say. To do that movie. Are you, did you know that Groucho Marx mentioned he has a double phallic name? Hmm. And that was a Groucho Marx joke that you like to do. But no, he got a nose job? Yeah, he got a nose job before that movie was So made. he started doing cocaine? Is that what, what no. you're saying? No. Okay. He had some plastic surgery done to uh, in order to win that part. Not win the part, but he got the part. And then they said, you know what you need to do? Fix your nose. And they did. And you know, it was a direct line from there to Supergirl. Direct line from there to Ruling Class. That's a better, oh, okay. that's a better movie than Supergirl. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> I love Ruling Class. Supergirl is one of the worst things. Ever. Oh, okay. Ruling Class is one of no, the best. Supergirl ever. is uh, it's unbelievably bad. To the point where you're like, what's a worse movie? Superman 4 uh-huh. or Supergirl? Wow. And it is a real 
That's a noodle scratcher. That's a debater. <laughs> we'll have to, I'll have to watch them both. Oh, boy. Because I've seen neither. Oh, boy. And I'll, I'll tell you. Oh, boy. I'll do oh, it boy, in oh, one afternoon. <laughs> I'll do it in one afternoon. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. If you never hear from me again, you'll know why. No, that's fine. So is that the, the list? That is the final oh, one. Oh, then we got to start moving more stuff. So, that's fine. So, Greg, thank you very much for your list. That was a really fun list. I'm sorry that we didn't... I'm sorry that we fell into a well of ignorance at the bottom. Or at least I did anyway. So sorry about that. There's a few of those sort of classic movies that everyone's seen that I have not that seen. That you're now nudging us towards seeing, which we appreciate. Because uh, of my the fact that I am not just persnickety, but I am also a contrarian. And so when everyone's raving about something, I'm like, hey, I'm over here watching The Virgin Spring, the Ingmar Bergman film. You guys, anyone seen that one? It's really, no, nobody? What? what? No. Oh, you're all watching Dr. Zivago like a bunch of dinks. <laughs> well, well, I'm just... off seeing heavy metal. Yeah, heavy metal. Great movie. Not that great, actually. No, it's not really good. Not really that good movie at all. But also has John Candy in it. It does have John Candy playing Den. It has a lot of the SCTV people in it. Mm. A lot of the SCTV people in it. Can I say that again? It has a lot of the SCTV was people in it. Was it made in, in it. Canada? It was made, I think it was made by Delvana, wasn't it? It's a very good question and one that I could answer if my initials were IMDb. But where it's not, it doesn't matter anyway because it's not on Greg's list. It would make me reach for my phone and take a look and, you know what, <laughs> that's not what this is all about. Oh, no. It's about making bold statements it's we can ex- never take back. <laughs> it's about experiences and feelings. That's what it's about. It's about us feeling things. Ugh, let's get back to moving. God damn it. we got to move, everybody. We've got to move it, move it. <laughs> We've got to move it, move it. So we're going to say move it, move it. And we're going to go and do some moving. And you, what we'd like you to do is write to us. You can write to us on the website, sneakydragon.com. We have a little section underneath every episode for your comments. You're much welcome comments. So please write in and tell us that Dave is a dummy for not seeing Dr. Savago. And how dare you? You can also email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We have a Facebook presence. It's called Sneaky Dragon. We also have a Twitter presence. It's called Sneaky underscore Dragon because someone else had Sneaky Dragon. And they don't even use it properly. Not like us. Those guys. What a thing. So please, contact us. Write to us. Follow us at all those sort of things. And remember, listen to the last episode of Full Marks, our listeners' questions episode, when we answer our listeners' questions and talk about our overall feels about the Marks Brothers. It was kind of fun. Didn't you enjoy yourself, Ian? Yeah, Dave, I did. And also, you can listen to Mary and I's little podcast called Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. We have a chair for you, so come on over and, and pull up a chair and grab a Coke and uh, listen to some music with us. We would love to have you. It's a lot of fun, and I've heard very eclectic and a lot of music you may not have well, heard Well, you before. have a chair there for someone who likes to rock. I <laughs> always have a chair there for someone who like, likes to rock, and we have a big chair for two to cuddle up in. Oh. Yeah. So come on over and have some fun with us and sounds listen like to some a fun trap. music. That sounds like it's a trap. It's not a trap at all. I don't know. That sounds like something that's a trap would say. It's a music trap. <laughs> It's a bond trap. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, everyone. That's the end of the show. I think we're going to bumble to the end here. And I just have one more thing to say before we go. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Uh, uh.